Um, how was your guys' Fourth of July uh, weekend? It was good. So we had one in town on Saturday. I was mistaken. I thought that was going to be July Fourth. Didn't realize the Fourth was on a Monday. Why would they have a show on a Monday? So on right. that Saturday, they had the show in town. Uh, and Why then, Saturday and not Sunday? Sunday was the big one. That was the one that we went down to. I think I invited you to. And yes. It was down in Moore Park. It's a you got to hoof it though. From where uh, from where we start, the house that we start at, uh, we were with Eric, listener Eric, hanging out. And uh, there's a, there's a good friend of his that shows up. I only see him once or twice a year. His name's Mike. He's really into like board games and trivia. You would love him, David. He he will do any line from Keanu. Nice. Any give him any line, Whoa. and he'll say it as Keanu. But the way that he delivers it is he delivers it as he's like this, like so he's presenting him like princesses, <laughs> you know that kind of delivery. Yeah. So he's got to yeah. do that kind of, exactly. <laughs> but uh, but he's a fu- he's a funny guy, and he has this great trivia and you know what he revealed to me that i didn't know and it's always a a new experience with this guy did you watch the original power rangers yes okay did you know that one of the power rangers was missing a finger yes i had no idea he goes man yeah you can look it was always a joke because uh he was fine uh, when he was uh, uh, Zach, right? Yeah. And he was uh, he had, he had all ten fingers when he was a Power Ranger, but only nine when he was. Uh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I gave him that extra power. I had yeah. no idea. And then he showed me. He goes to show me, and I go, "Oh my god!" And it was Zach. I didn't know which which one he was. Yeah. He, he was talking about talking about Kimberly, Jason, and how I think he's got. He did a Desperation Island thing. I don't know if he uh-huh. was if it was his if Jason per- David Frank did or no uh, Jason. Jason Lee so Scott. Jason was played by I forget who what Jason's name was. Uh, Jason Lee Scott is was the Red Ranger. Okay, known as that, not the guy. I think you're you're you and I are both thinking Jason of the David green Frank's one. a Green Ranger, right? Now he's still doing it. He's still doing Correct. the franchise. He has not left that. I think he's he's riding that gravy boat till it ends. Um, yeah, man. Talk about Billy Trini and and, yeah. and her uh, R.I.P. Unfortunate. Trini. Right. And then, yeah, Kimberly and then Zach. And he said Zach is the one with with yeah. only nine fingers. And he showed me a picture, man. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Digits, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jimmy Pod. <laughs> nice. Did Thank you see you. me scrambling for the soundboard? Is yeah, that what gave me yeah, a little yeah, bit there? Yeah, I, I even <laughs> dragged it out a little bit. <laughs> this <laughs> yes. beat, beat is Jimmy. Jimmy beat. Pot. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. Well, <sighs> ladies and gentlemen, I regret to inform you of a format change of this podcast. <laughs> this is now a Top Gun podcast. Oh, sick. I love it. Uh, so I did get to go do my movie. Have we potted since that? No. Since you and okay. I went? Nah, we yeah. haven't. So I, I, I teased that I had a day coming up where I was going to be able to go see four or five movies in a row. Well, it didn't work out that way. But, oh my God, there's this music video is insane, by the way. <laughs> Never seen this. I wish I put this in watch together. Here, yeah. I'm going to share my screen because this is wild. Um... I don't even know if this is real. Um. 
Oh, dude, that's Steve Stevens. Look at that hair. Don't talk Jeez. to me like that. I don't know who that is. <laughs> that dude oh looks my. like uh, fucking um, Alice Cooper in Wayne's World. You're right. It does. <laughs> uh, not in the tide, I guess. This. Uh, uh, did you watch? Did you finish Stranger Things yet? No, I haven't. Oh, I'm there's this the bear. Oh, that's right. There's a scene that looks uh, a lot like that guitarist in uh, the last two episodes of Stranger Things. Yeah, we had uh, at that same Fourth uh, of July party, we had friends that uh, that finished it, and they they didn't give it away, but they said it's a oh, very epic finale. Oh yeah, so. there is some epic shredding yeah. in that. Anyway, format change. Uh, we went. Uh, Justin accompanied me. I did only make it to two movies that day. Um, uh, one of which was uh, Multiverse of Madness, which was good. Uh, Sam Raimi, very Sam Raimi uh, movie. And right. not like if you know Sam Raimi from doing the Spider-Man movies. No, that's not <laughs> Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi has dragged me to hell, Evil Dead, that level of stuff. And this was very much more akin to that. So that was fun. Uh, and then Justin and I watched Top Gun and had like a blast. Oh, And yeah. I believe we've both seen it twice at this point, right? Yep. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, true. Top Gun Maverick, <laughs> movie of the year. I mean, uh-huh. yeah, absolutely incredible. So, um, oh man, this is a wild watch. <laughs> it is, dude. So, um, yeah, that was a blast. I just wrote in my housekeeping, Top Gun. So <laughs> it couldn't go without uh, being said. Um, oh, I had a rave DJ that we forgot to play last week. Okay. Uh, last week. Uh, right. This is, this is uh, <clears throat> um, called Where Is My Mesa? Oh. And I forget, uh, the Pixies came up at some point. So here is, uh, where is my Mesa? I guess that opening riff does have a Pixies thing. I must have brought it up or I thought of it later. Yeah. Interesting stuff for sure. Like this part's red. I could walk to this, man. <laughs> this is great. good major to minor <laughs> when I uh, when we used to go to the Magic Castle all the time uh, one of the first acts we ever like fell in love with going to the Magic Castle were in their early to mid 20s and uh, it was a, an act called the Unholy Three and it was uh, Rob Zabrecki uh, who was the bass player of the band Possum Dixon. Um, Fitzgerald, who I couldn't tell you anything about Fitzgerald. He's more of an experience than a person. <laughs> and then Dave Lovering, drummer of the Pixies, oh. a magician trio who were just starting to wind down their act. 
I feel like like we ended up seeing one of their final performances. But um, you can also see uh, hints that they existed in the film Forgetting Sarah Marshall when um, uh, uh, what's his name? Marshall from <laughs> uh, 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 when he's standing there naked and oh. uh, uh, what's her name? I comes have home. a surprise for you. Yeah. Behind him on the wall is an unholy three poster. Oh, really? Um, so, yeah. So it's like <laughs> it, at least it's not like a fever dream I had. Oh, um, good. Wow, that they went to the level of posters, huh? Um, so were they in residence there for like a few months? No one, no, no. That's very rare at the castle to have. No, no, no. They were like you could like book them at a at, at, for a vaudevillian show or something oh, that okay. you were putting on. They they would just do shows at the castle, but no, no one is ever at the castle for really more than a week. If they're there for two weeks in a row, that's a very special event. Okay. Um, but yeah, usually somebody uh, acts are only at the castle a week at a time. That's why it's so fun. You can go every week and see a different set of shows. Um, I wrote in my housekeeping, Jimmy Eat World is teasing maybe something with the main uh, because both them and the main <laughs> had uh, posted Instagram videos of the same content. Since then, we have learned that it is the show that we are all now going to um, in uh, the Arizona area a phoenix area hell yeah um what is the name of the show it's like it's also like between the when we were young festival so like between those weekends or something let's see uh it looks like it's not sold out yet which is cool but this is jimmy world the main thursday and paris um and uh so i'm very excited to see the main and jimmy eat world this is friday october 28th as of the time of this recording uh, there are tickets available, and uh, and everybody should try to go out and see this show. It's going to be a fun time. We're going to be right behind, right in front of the control booth. Oh, the seats next to us are still empty. So between uh, <laughs> you you and me and Susie and Lindsay, uh, you and Lindsay, me and Susie, there's still two empty seats right there. So In between us? <laughs> yeah. How the hell did that happen? So they must have they, had Somebody put in them the in their cart and then didn't Son check out. Son of a bitch. Yeah. So, yeah, seats three and four. Shit, I'll just buy those up and I'll. <laughs> Why not? Yolo. Everyone bought a bunch of extra seats and trying to offload them now. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so yeah, we're very fine. excited about that. Oh, um, did you hear the song "What I Know" uh, from One Line Drawing? Nope. This song features, I want to say, Zach Lind on the vocals. This is the One Line Drawing. Uh, J- Jonah Matranga put out a new record this year, mm. and uh, I'm pretty sure this is Zach singing. From one line drawing, Tender Wild. Zach singing, huh? Pretty sure. Sounds a lot like uh, Wretched Desert. Wretched Desert, yep. This is Zach? Pretty sure. I see Zach singing this. Glasses on like this into the copyright 2022 Iodine Recordings released June 24, 2022. Producer Jonah Matranga, producer Jeremy Tapero. Tender Wild's the name of the record. What I know, one line drawing, Zach Lind, Jonah Matranga. Glad they're still working together. Well, I remember this got teased a little bit ago, and so it finally came out. Very excited. Chris Carrabba's on the record. 
Yeah, wait, I just remember looking at this picture of Joe. Jonah. Recently. It won't be long. San Fran, man. Anyway, terrific track. Good night driving music right here. So that is uh, Zach Lynn on the song. Uh, oh, let me make sure I'm not going to... I left myself some notes. All right. No, yeah, I think we're... Yeah. Oh, battery acid and carbon scoring battery acid and carbon scoring. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and leave those for quote unquote next week. Um, the, however, um, something loud uh, behind the scenes, but I linked to the wrong thing. On Jimmy Eat World's uh, YouTube page, they posted a behind the scenes video of uh, the something loud video shoot. Uh, not very long, but it's a fun little watch over on their YouTube. And then um, lastly, we had teased it, but I don't think we got it set up. The Don't Get a Blister 2.0 challenge. We didn't. You asked me to, and I thought about it, and I went to myself. I thought I said, self, I never set that thing up for David. So you're right. <laughs> um, for, was that for July? Well, it was, I think, uh, it was going to coincide with that episode dropping. And then uh, it didn't. So. <laughs> Yeah, um, and it didn't, and I dropped yeah. the ball. My fault. That's okay. Um, I think we can still do it, um, and I would say uh, it's. We thought maybe it would be a sixty day because we made it about halfway last time with ten people. So um, let's do our best to see how far we get for the first thirty days, and and maybe we make it a day thing. Like, how many days will it take us? How long will it take us to walk across the United States? We'll just keep doing it until we hit the amount of miles as opposed to the other way around where we set a goal that we try to beat. Right. Um, uh, so that's a thought. And now that I'm freshly vesectomized, um, I, <laughs> I, I'm probably a week away from putting in many miles. But, um, uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I think that's still something I would love to do. So uh, thoughts to think about. Thoughts to think about. You know what? You're absolutely right. Uh, yes, that will be that will be assembled by the time this episode goes out, which is going to be in just Sweet. a few days. That's right. <sighs> okay, so the song is Digits. It has an ASCAP entry accredited to Richard E. Birch. Now, uh, I think that's fair um, because this was released on Static Prevails, but there are two Mitch Porter recordings of this track that we will listen to. Um, this appeared on Static Prevails, uh, the Jimmy World slash Christie Front Drive split, which I will, we'll, we're going to talk a lot about next week. I went down a rabbit hole with the release schedule of uh, that split, which we'll talk about this week, and the self-titled, 94 self-titled record, which will be next week's episode. Um, right. But uh, uh, it appeared on the Christie Front Drive. It was the B-side of the Christie Front Drive 7-inch, um, and that version of the song made it to the singles compilation on all edition <clears throat> all editions of that uh so it was track seven of 12 on static prevails which was released july 23rd 1996 um the christy front drive jimmy world split i don't know when it was released in 94 but my guess is on discogs it has it released as an alternate sleeve that promised that if you wrote them they would send you the real sleeve when it was completed on christmas day 94 and then all of the splits after that are attributed to 1995 i have a feeling that it was maybe a little earlier than that but we'll have to talk quote unquote next week 
and try to nail down that time. Right. Um, so late 94, though, was that split. And then 2000 for the singles compilation. This is produced by the Static Prevails version. Mark Trombino, Wes, Rights of the Accused Kid, and Jimmy Eat World. Uh, reissue producer, again, Chris Clow and Dave English. And the 1995 version was recorded and mixed by Larry Elia. Um, the Static Prevails version was recorded at Sound City and Big Fish. The 1995 version was recorded and mixed at Mind's Eye Digital for a wooden blue record. Uh, written by Jimmy World Singer is Jim, featuring Eric Richter. He sings It's All the Same on the Static Prevails version, so we'll have to listen to that. Yeah. Um, Capital and Wooden Blue... Uh, uh, Capital released Static Prevails. Wooden Blue released the 7-inch. Big Wheel Recreation released singles in the States and most places. Toy Factory released the single or was the label behind singles in japan uh publishing if you look on the original pressing of static prevails it's an industry for outer space for publishing in 96 in 2007 it's a turkey on rye ascap uh release and if we look at the latest i believe it's do i get a pickle with that um on the ace repertory ascap website yes do i get a pickle with that uh so it, this this had the treatment from all all, all three. three of those uh uh publishing arms so yes there is a demo should it it's shorter and then there is a 1995 split version slash singles version so i don't forget shall we yep. listen to a little bit of the demo yes uh, please no. sweet here comes the 19 19- this is the demo from Static Prevails. So this is probably, I said that Mitch is on two versions of the song. This is probably Rick um, here.
can hear funny. it. I can hear yeah. what I assume is through the headphones. Yeah. The like note. a cue. Like right. a measure ahead. It was probably so we could hit the note. Oh, yeah. And then it just fades out there. Like, it feels like it's missing a whole bunch. So then they uh, went. That is a demo made from the version that was on the split and on singles, which sounds like this, which is a little more polished, um, I would say. I'll play a little bit. Maybe I'll jump around on this one. The intro sounds a lot similar. Pretty cool to hear that. That uh, the in, that cue, though, for the yeah. for the. Uh, um, the key yeah right yeah i was like what am i hearing yeah oh <laughs> somebody's headphone bleed so i chose to play the uh vinyl rip because i wanted to get that warm crackle as opposed to the version that was on singles which is the same but i guess a cleaner version than this it's okay i like the crackle me too let's see if we hear that uh vocal ble- bleed bleed I'd never noticed it before just now. Me neither. And even I heard it over here. I love this original sound. Yeah. This is the one off singles. This is off the seven inch is what it's ripped from, but it ended up on singles, yeah. 
So this is young Mitch Porter on bass. Really shining. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at the waveform, and it doesn't look too dissimilar. I didn't hear that. Nope. Not at that time. So no. I'm looking at the waveforms here, and what I don't, uh, what I thought I would notice here on the outro, and here I'll play a little bit of the demo and the. Uh, singles version together uh i've lined them up from pay attention uh okay. because when i did the audio the auto synchronization it was kind of all over the place and i've since lined it up with the album release version which you can see how it's extended intro and outro kind of dwarf the original cuts of the song so here is a little bit of the last hit and the outro uh and actually uh, since we're in stereo, uh, I'm going to go ahead and put tracks two will be the demo. Mm -hmm. I'll put that on our left and singles version will be on our right here. And here goes. Yeah. <laughs> It seemed like they might have been played at different tempos. Yeah, a little bit, slightly, slightly. So yeah, the the demo had longer ring out than the singles version did. Uh, and let's go. Yeah, I can I can look at the waveform here. Like here's coming out of the this little quiet bridge part. Yeah, <laughs> 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 so don't quite. Line up. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, that was the one thing I wanted to do was kind of line up all these tracks in that way okay, um, and see how those went. So uh, that is a little bit of a digression as we sort of dug in and try not to forget to play any of those. Um, they've played it 13 times, according to setlist.fm. First time was July 31st, 1995 at the Troubadour in West Hollywood. Uh, most recently, they played October 24th, 2000 at Cat's Cradle in Carborough. North Carolina. Uh, notable high notes of B. I love when it's so many flats and sharps. Notable high notes B flat four <laughs> and G sharp four. And then notable low notes of F sharp three and D three. Um, I've got 50.1 thousand listeners on last FM, generating 163.1 thousand scrabbles, 16 of which are from me. How many do you have? 25, which surprises me. I, uh, I thought you would have beat me out on digits. Yeah, right. Because I definitely listened to it a bunch on on uh, on right uh, singles, but uh, I also don't have the the last FM metrics that you've got. Do you right. have the Spotify numbers on this song? Uh, okay, let me look at the Spotify numbers uh, of the totals. Right? Yeah, I guess. So don't they show see. like yeah how many right. streams or something? Yeah, it's like the digits, Jimmy. I can give some structure info here. Yeah, so in, we've uh, got. Um, oh yeah. So. 14 songs in this 1996 album. This particular one has 262,000 
plays. Now, just to give you some perspective. So that's like $2.62. It's, it's kind of right in the middle. The, the most listened to track is uh, Rockstar, man. <laughs> Unsurprising nice. to Ben Foote. Unsurprising to Ben Foote. And so but, this was 262000 How many is that? 797000 Okay. Like so a, it's, it goes like Rockstar, three 797. Times, three, three times? Yeah. Then Claire, Claire, with 762, Claire. then Call It In The Air. Uh, and I'm sorry. I'd miss this one. 17 beats out all of them with 822,000. Probably because Oh, of, did they put it on like a plateau? Yeah. It, it, yeah. yeah. It, so Digits is there sitting there with Robot Factory, Anderson Mesa, World of Static, Caveman. All of those are in the same, like 250-ish thousand. Sure. So that's where it's sitting uh, in those numbers. Now, nice. just to give you an idea, I, I had eight, seven Scrabbles in 2011 and then another nine or eight in 2019. So I don't know what mm. it was about 2019 that I picked up. It must have been singles again. Had to be. And we also started the pod that year, so. Yeah, I, yeah. Or, or did we? Was it 2020? Uh, it was 2019. It was definitely, it was October yeah. of 2019 that we, we started right, ar- right around that first time. We made the, yeah. the shirts. I made the mm-hmm. shirts on the cricket. And then we wore those, and that was uh, for their tour. Make him part of the tour. That was right. our tour uh, in October. So, yeah, right around then. Uh, the Static Prevails version is a D major key, 10B Camelot, 166 BPM, and 729 duration. Um, and I guess I thought I was going to get a another version on, uh, what's it called, uh, Tombat, but I did not get info for another version. Um, but... At seven minutes and 29 seconds, this is the longest song on Static Prevails, which yeah. I think we talked about on Anderson Mesa. So Yes. Um, and that is all I have for uh, stats and things. Shall we get into the lyrics? Yeah, let's do that. So now, I've got a lot of options here, okay. by the way, to follow along with. Yeah. I've got the archived site, so in the band's own words. I've got the Japanese lyric sheet, which is always fun to look at. Yes. And then I've got a version from Genius of the 1995 version of the lyrics and the Static Prevails version of the lyrics. Okay. And which I grabbed mine are you from Genius. From? So we're, uh, that's where I'm, I'm grabbing my, my lyrics from. I did not go to song meanings. Uh, let me look at some. I'm going to go to the archived site. Yeah, not it was not formatted. I looked at that and, and noped right out of there. I went right back to Genius. Let me look at yeah. Genius's real quick. And theirs was closest. So I think I had added on what I figured was the verse. And I, I marked down a pre-chorus. Uh, I don't really have any chorus, though. It might um, be the... Is it... It's all the same? Let's see. The 1995 version on uh, Genius has it as they... All seem to know at once. Sweet Muse left me all alone. That's oh, where okay. they have basically from they all seem to know at once to one, two, three, four is the chorus. Because okay. then it's you all seem uh you all see right through it once through Are You Gone Yet is the second chorus, according to the nineteen ninety five right. version on Genius. So what I've annotated as the pre chorus is actually the chorus then. Uh, and it was because they were so different that I thought, ah, you know what, maybe this, and I never went back and modified them. So let's start with verse one. Now, this starts two minutes and 26 seconds in, which yeah. has to do with a couple of the community comments that I'll make a little bit later. So two minutes and 26 seconds in, we get this loud, pay attention, stop paying for regret, fossil resources all used up. Now, 
this is on an album with Caveman, which we have, I think you and I have, have figured was at least alluded to the mass expansion of houses and like urban development, that sort of thing, yeah. which that was a, it was a topic that that was on, uh, on their minds. So what I think we're talking about now with pay attention, stop paying for regret, fossil resources all used up. I think Jim is singing, um, snap out of it. Don't dwell on your regrets. The past is in the past. What are we going to do when our oil resources are gone? That's kind of like that that uh, that callback to reality is like fossil resources all used up. That's that's what we're using for fuel these days. What what do we do when that's all gone? When that's all used up? What's the next option? Right? We can't make any more oil. So that's and, and coinciding with the pay attention being just slammed in there. I think this is this is just a it's kind of like a call to action. Wake up. Uh, make the best use of your time. You could be on to something, too skeptic, too tired to care. Uh, and I think what Jim is saying here is you're only on this planet for a little while. Pursue your passion without too much scrutiny. You'll burn yourself out otherwise. So bringing up the reality of the situation, what could be, but then also don't be too hard on yourself because we're basically like a snap of the fingers. Our lives are on this planet. So why make the best use of your time take advantage of this moment that you have to change things and i do think a lot of this goes back to jim and the band being musicians and where they where i i feel like they wanted to go as a band and the difference that they wanted to make so some of these songs this one in particular has that that uh reference to just making a difference and following your dreams so in verse 1 that's what i feel like we're getting at it's like making bringing this issue to light the, the fact that we, we, we our time is, is finite. And then, okay, all right. Given that fact, let's make the best use of our time and uh, don't be too hard on yourself. That's what I gleaned from that. So now we get into the chorus. Is everything okay so far on the lyrics? Yeah, I'm, I was just going through all that stuff and it all seems to be on the okay. up and up there. Sweet. So now we get into the chorus here. When, when they all seem to know at once, sweet muse left me all alone. There's only my weight left. Euthanasia could be the greatest gift. They again, man. I, there's some there's some blocks of lyrics on this album that just hit you and go, man, this is some deep stuff. And I'm sure that's what Capital saw when uh, when I was talking with um, with Jake last week. You know, just about like these guys can write a song. They're young. They're in their teens, late teens, uh, but they can write a song. So this, what I think they're saying here is, everybody is a know-it-all. And the muse leaving might be that spark that brought on the creativity and success. Like maybe, maybe this song that I wrote isn't the, my finest. You you got me on a good night when I was writing a great song, but this one is like not my finest work. But what if that's gone? What if all of that's gone? What if everything's gone? The appreciation of my songwriting skills, my ability to write songs, then it's just me. Uh, you know, this old bag of bones, and uh, and death would be welcome. That euthanasia could be the greatest gift. It's almost like that emo call of like, give me death, man. <laughs> And I think that's what he's asking for in the end is like, there's only my weight left. It's only me. I'm just this human being at the end of the day. Either I'm going to make a difference or not. Euthanasia could be the greatest gift. Like maybe my death would be the one thing that makes my words ring more true. Uh, Maybe that would give you, maybe that would give you um, the desire to like pursue my lyrics and my drive and my legacy more is euthanasia could be the greatest gift that could be my my dying my the end of me so deep stuff for these guys 
Now, then I have, is this, is this verse two? This is different. So now we have, is this, this is Eric Richter singing this, right? So, yeah. And that's what I want to talk about. Cause like, I guess like I'm so familiar with the singles version. Let me play a little bit of this version. Uh, unless you have it queued up. Are you talking about the one at, at uh, the skate uh, skaters? No, I was going to play uh, okay. the uh, the actual part of the song here because I can even see in the waveform that there is a discrepancy. Or, uh, like this is where the songs sort of fall apart okay. from each other in that something else is happening in the album version that's not happening in the demo and the, st- and the uh, singles version. Okay. So l- I'll play a little bit from right here. So that's twice as long as what you can hear here on, uh, it's only going to play in one channel here, but this is on the singles version. So they didn't have right. that whole okay. refrain there. Yeah. So then, yeah, that is that is definitely Eric Richter in there. Yeah. So this is all, and then there in in the parentheses I have Jim doing the wait outside, which I love this. So it's all the same. So let me know. It's never changed. So let it go. Then we've got Jim coming in with wait outside your house to come back out alongside Eric singing. It's all the same. So let it go. That's where it pauses for a second. It's just what you and they both i I love how they both come in at that point and say that let's listen to it again because what's interesting is i'm noticing here that i'm not seeing in these lyrics anywhere is there's a line that says edge said it best Hmm. and i'm like what um let's see if we hear anything like that in here um oh i was playing all the versions (laughs) it's never changed there might be something under there there might be something under save the long car ride home where it, it could be it said it best let's listen again real quick it's Did you hear that? That said it. I don't yeah. know what he's saying, but there's no, a line that was written on the old archived site. It's the only version that I have. Edge what I could do, let me best. save this and look at the Japanese translation and see if it ended up there. Um, but U2 it says fans. Edge said yeah. it best, but Edge isn't even the vocalist of U2. So like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think he had that one song. Uh, it was a weird one. The Edge? Yeah. Oh, the Edge had a song. You yeah. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. And I know because I had the VH1, uh, the music video was very strange. It's just him talking like this. Nah, there's no like edge this. said it best here in the Japanese version. Although the Japanese version is the version before this whole refrain was added. So, yeah, that's it. Numb. That was the name of that uh, song. Numb. The n- no was the name of the song? No, numb. Numb. Can we listen to it real numb. quick? Because this is going to take you back real quick, just for a sec. Yeah. I'll play it here. 
very strange music video. Do you have a watch together so you can? I wish you could. <laughs> yeah, let's set one He just goes like, very monotone. And then I think it was uh, Bono that does the chorus. I'm numb. All right, Edge. He's ready. He's got his little beanie on. Don't move, don't talk out of time, don't think, don't worry, everything's just fine. Just fine. This is the edge, man. Don't grab, don't clutch, don't hope for too much, don't breathe, don't achieve or grieve without leaving. Don't shake, just balance on the fence, don't answer, don't ask, don't try and make sense. I want to get to I want to get to Bono. Oh, he's being kissed by two women now. Nice, dude. Jesus. When is this from? Uh, uh, probably 19... Yeah, 1993. I was going to say 92. But this is 93. He sounds like he's talking into a very dry podcast microphone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now they're cutting off his uh, tank top. With some nice uh, shears. Ooh. I'm too sexy for my shirt. Come on, Bono. Hey, there's Bono. Hear him? Yeah. All right, that's, that's it's a very strange video. Um, I'll have to send it to you after. It's just him. It's him in the mainframe, and then things happening to him, being slapped by little kids, women kissing him, people cutting his tank top off. Uh, cool. Yep. Yep. Very cool. Very you too. Uh, not not the edge that we're talking about here. In, uh, underneath no. the same save the long card right. Long I mean, the timeline's right. right. The edge could have said it best. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in one of those lyrics he said it back <laughs> so hold on let me take a step back because i haven't really annotated these ones so, so the first half longer. of this is yeah it's all the same so let me know it's never changed so let it go i think it's the same story just different characters it won't ever be different so let that worry go and the second half here where jim pops in a little bit uh, wait outside your house to come back out it's all the same so let it go it's just what you you'll be back and i'll be waiting for you and I love the transition from this where it says it's it's just what you and then I have my ellipses and it goes into save the long car ride home right now. Yeah, I do want to mention also that Jake had brought this up in the interview, but the very end of that record, the very last lyric of Anderson. Oh, that's right. Yeah, is the the (laughs) right. So they end up with run around or jump the right. Uh, and then this is one of those transitions where it's from the, the let's just say this is like the post chorus here. It's just what you save the long car ride home. Maybe, maybe that doesn't make exact sense, but it does lead you right into that verse too. So let me get let me get into that verse now. Uh, so verse two is save the long car ride home. Maybe underneath that we have the edge set at best. Don't leave your house today. Nothing lost, but still nothing gained. And I think this is, so save the long car ride home, don't leave your house today, that somber drive when you just listen to music and think, which is so reminiscent of futures for me. That was when I would drive through the hills in my truck and just think until one or two in the morning listening to that dang album. 
uh, or when you feel so down that you don't even want to get out of bed. Don't leave your house today. Nothing lost, but still nothing gained. You're going to live another day. You're going to live another day. You maybe were not productive, but everything's going to be fine tomorrow. Just reset your body. Uh, and then you're still here. You're present. And what did maybe you can learn something from this day of rest and relaxation. Hopefully you can you can benefit from that. No possibilities. All wasted. World gone under. Life means I hear my ears ring one more day, which is beautiful for Jim to say, because I think what he's saying here is your biggest dreams might get crushed. Your pursuits might be all for naught, but for him, being alive means hearing his ears ring one more day, playing that live show, being at a small venue, that one that you got your amps right behind you, and it's just crushing your eardrums, and you're done. Your your listeners, your fans are sitting there screaming for you. Your ears are ringing, and that's what what life is to this individual. That's what being happy is, and and that's what their life is, is for. So again, going back to what verse one was kind of getting at, now to verse two, I think this is about kind of taking advantage of life. And uh, that's what I have so far. Am I still good? Yeah, um, they have like uh, all wasted, all gone over on the old archived site. Okay. All wasted, yeah. all gone under instead of all wasted world gone under. Oh, this says all gone over. Oh, all gone over. Yeah. Over my uh, head. Let's see. Let's go to it and see what we think. I heard the music right there. And let's see if we can hear what he says. I got there, right? Like, yeah. No possibility is always at all. Gonna... So yep. let's see what he says on uh, the uh, clearer version from Singles. Let me center these channels if we're going to go through all these. <laughs> there we go. Oh, that was it. I, I hear all gone over there. Yeah. And let's hear it one more time here. Hmm. Yeah, world ganunder. World ganunder. <laughs> world ganunder. World ganunder. Hi. <laughs> he's, he's gone on to mention Australia before. Eagly cooler. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So you might be able to hear that alternative. You can't. The way that he says no possibilities, it's almost you can't. You can't tell that he's saying possibilities without looking at the word possibilities. No, no. I'm telling you, and I was going to tell you this. Pay attention. Stop paying for regret. The only words of this song. <laughs> yeah, and then after that, all bets are off, man. It's like pick a. That's a grab bag. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bingo with one of those bingo rollers for lyrics yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I get that. So now the second chorus, which is a little bit different from the first, which is why I named it pre-chorus two here. But this is chorus, uh, and you will see through it. Uh, you will see it through it once. Sweet muse, she won't be around today. Things that I could not say. Are we through yet? Are you gone yet? And I think this is a realization that it's one of those days. He's not going to be productive. I, he, and he's anticipating it. It's one of those things where I'm not going to be anxious about today. I'm going to accept it for what it is. And that's yeah. okay. The doubt might creep in, but he wants none of it. Be gone, doubt. You know, like, are you are you through yet? Are you gone yet? Are you done with 
making me feel bad for not being productive? All right, fine, B, I'm just gonna reset myself. So this is a interesting way that they phrased it here on the archived site. All, you all see right through at once versus, and you will see it through at once. Okay. All, you all see right through at once. Do you think we're going to be able to decipher that from this at all? Oh, boy. Okay, what? And you will see it through at once. That's what it sounds like he said. Yeah, so what does it, does. it think? What did they say they said? And you all, all see. You all see right through at once. Let's see. I think it's one of those you hear it one way and you're, you're stuck. I very much hear that and in there. So I'm going to say genius is correct. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay. but Although my lyrics also didn't have when they all seem to know at once. It just has they all seem to know at once. Mm. So All right. Anyway, yeah. And then that's where the that's where the archived website ends. Okay. So this and now we have a guitar break. A guitar mm-hmm. break, I have a, what, what is down as a guitar break and then a music break. It, it really slows down. And if you're not paying attention, you might think the song has changed at this point yeah. with how and I'll play a little bit of that is. right here because this is where the demo and the 95 version is. Long ring out. So this is in Static Prevails, and we still have two minutes left. Right, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a reprise. Totally. Reprise, if you will. Reprise, you're right. You're a reprise. A reprise. I will. All right, what do you say? You're on and off, phase in, phase out. What do you say? What what does that mean? You're on and off, phase in, phase out, cross your heart, crash, burn, and fail. Um, I think this person's reactions are very polar. Highs and lows. High highs, low lows. Let's see. Cross your heart, crash, burn, and fall. Crash, burn, and fall, yeah. Cushions hide the change So no one knows Just be careful who you tell Nice. Okay. All right. So was I on with the the first four lines there? Yeah, we uh, we hit all of those, and then we all heard right. under cushions hide the change, so no one knows. Just be careful who you tell. Okay, so under cushions, yeah, hide the change, so no one knows. Just be careful who you tell. Save your pennies for a rainy day, or hide the feelings that you are that are left over. Don't share the secret with just anybody, though. You could be taken advantage of. You tell the wrong person, and they might say, "Oh well, this person, uh, they're they have no confidence. I'm going to take advantage of them." Uh, so yeah, hide your change. You know, save, I'm the uh, king of telling people something that they shouldn't know. <laughs> What's that? I said I'm the king of telling people something they shouldn't know. And I'm, I'm sure they're taken aback. They're they're probably like, yeah. why the hell did he tell me that? 
Everybody knows I had a vasectomy at this point. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're an open book, David. I described it in great detail. To <laughs> <a friend. laughs> I've been along with you on the ride for the last couple of months. It's yeah, been man. great. <laughs> I feel like I was there. In fact, I was part of a... <laughs> <laughs> a false story that that's right i had a, i had this thought i was like did did he think that i was being serious about that absolutely 100%. yeah i should have i should have i should have nipped that in the bud man um <laughs> when i felt like you thought i was telling the truth about it not working and i'm so glad i was i was telling Lindsay. i was like i'm so glad i didn't tell him my doctor's name because what if you started spreading that around i go oh doctor oh, that's funny Niku. Ah. Yeah. Well, you 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 treated it as such an innocuous thing. I was like, oh, I don't know. I didn't see him anymore. So I was like, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but it never happened. It was, uh, it was a joke, and it was a poorly timed joke, because I think you were probably very nervous. At the, I was probably just in my head about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You were looking at pamphlets, showing me pamphlets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear this last part. All right. Now, do you think that the word change in the previous line has a double meaning then? Yeah. Under cushions hide the change. Because now he's saying, I really want to care when you say, I'll change that. Yeah, I, I think that does, it does kind of hark back on that and give the under cushions hide the change. Where I was talking about actually hiding, uh, and, and not necessarily right. like literally, but just putting your feelings and, and and holding them on to like I need some positive feelings today. I'm going to refer back to that. So yeah, I get that. Hmm. Um, I really want to care when you say I'll change that. Um, I do have a little bit of a different reflection on what that means though. Mm -hmm. But I see what you're saying. Uh, oh, let me just do the last two lines. So then we got I really want to care when you say I'll change that. We just heard that line, and then it's yeah. I just don't feel a thing when you say we'll get there someday. I think those are important. Those two lines together. The first line, I want to believe you. I want to believe in you when you're saying you're going to change. It's almost like one of those things like, I'm going to change. I want to I I want to. believe in you that you're going to make that change. Maybe they've said this so many times before and it's never come to anything. But I don't want to care when you make these quasi-positive and broad comments about the future. Like the second line, which is, I just don't feel a thing when you say we'll get there someday. It's almost so broad that it's like why even why even bother saying that it's nothing you're not adding to the conversation i'll change that is actually something that could happen i will change my actions i will change my personality i will change my reactive nature to this that's something but we'll get there someday it's like hey we'll get there someday oh okay all right well let's just be positive and do it so i think it's kind of like one of those um two lines that are quoting things i'll change that and then we'll get there someday one he doesn't care about the other one is like, all right, there's some there's some weight behind this if you follow through. Uh, and okay, let me do this. Let me go back to the whole title of the song, Digits. Yeah, I think a I lot was of this. Ask, where does the word digits kind of inform think, this in any way? I, I this might actually be something where you're maybe the song is about anxiety. Maybe the song is about worrying about things and putting numbers to them and saying, "Oh, I need I need to have five songs by the end of this year. I need to have yeah. I need to be making this amount of money when I'm 35 years old." And it's about digits. It's all about like worrying about these numbers that maybe are shouldn't mean anything. When you're looking at life and you have 80, 90 years on this planet, is this is this really going to matter at the end? Uh, and that's where I feel this song is, is going with the title 
with what they're saying in the lyrics is that it's about life. It's about, which is, I mean, I guess a kind of like a broad take on it, but it's about life. It's about um, how you live it and what you make of it. That's what I think. Yeah. Do you, yeah I mean, do I you have know. any I, I other... Have like a strong payphone imagery with this song. And so digits in my mind, because I only understood two of the lines anyway, uh, not understood, <laughs> but really absorbed Changed. two of the lines, is you got the words pay, you've got the word ring, you've got the word change in here many times. I thought it was all about like a, a like a, a phone number of some sort um, or like getting somebody's phone number. But he only really refers to a girl a couple times. So, yeah, I think maybe you're right. I think a lot of it is sort of that urban sprawl slash existential dread of climate change a little bit with fossil fuels, fossil resources all used up. And then he brings that around. Don't leave your house today. Um, so it all, all wasted world gone under. Like it all like, I mean, I work in climate now, so like, yeah, I'm right, sort of I'm seeing it like through that lens. The front but, of your mind. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, I mean, literally my, the company I work for, calculates carbon and so everything is digits all the time um i'm gonna share this in the slack thread from the music slack thread uh, yeah but uh but yeah it seems I, and, it seems that i i'm seeing it through that lens now this is 1995 and they were barely 20 so it's right hard. and it's and hard to that, say that that's where they were going with it right and let's just say that they weren't going through there they were more seeing it from through the lens of young people going into the world and realizing that there's not always going to be a safety net. And let's just say digits aside from like the climate change thing, but just the fact that these were probably things that like, let's say with 77 satellites. Okay. There were, there were headlines in the newspaper that they took and made entire songs about these things. So maybe they just happened to see in the paper or magazine or mm. at like the headline of, of totally. the news that, and it just kind of made them think, Phoenix Hey, you know, times. let's make a song about finality. Let's make a song yeah. um, about thinking like a teenager and realizing that life gets harder and you can't really take it that seriously. And, and yeah, and yeah, I know you're seeing it from the the through the lens of of just like now with climate change and everything. But as for them, maybe 20 years ago, it was a little bit different. Yeah. Although I feel like around this time, I uh, I feel like everybody was on about. Aquanet and hairspray being like causing holes in the ozone layer. Like, yep, I'm trying to think that. of through the 1995 lens, like what was I thinking about climate change then? So and it was all about emission, but emissions from like hairspray cans. Let's put on our little foil hats. Uh, you know, someone asked that, like whatever happened with the, uh, the ozone layer, the hole in the ozone layer, we did enough that this is what I read is that we did enough to allow it to close back up. Right. Um, but, did it ever close back up? Right. <laughs> I, don't yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know, there were people in the eighties, in the middle of the eighties that were talking about uh, the things that are happening now. They saw it then 30 years ago. And so yeah. here we are, David, we're doing a podcast about Jimmy world and the world is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> a last on the bus has a song called world's on fire. I like that. I like the world's on fire. I like the whole uh, Billy Joel thing, man. Uh, let's just, uh, let's realize that we're all going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> uh, no, wasn't on that one. He is the piano man. You know what? I, this is another note that I have, and this is a weird feeling. I don't, ha I don't get this one often, 
I wonder how many times, tell me how many times you feel this in a year. My question for pay attention at 226 is, have you ever felt, had that moment when you're drifting off to sleep and you're in that <laughs> twilight sleep and you shudder awake for a moment? And it is the most weird feeling because you're awake again, but you're like, I was just asleep. I think I was dreaming. I started I had the, it dream. the other night. Um, Wes really? came in. We had, I put on uh, Summer of 84, which is a, uh, you know, 80s love letter horror film that was made only a few years ago. I think right around when Stranger Things came out. So I don't think Stranger Things informed it, but it very much came out right place, right time. Uh-huh. And uh, I was like, I told Susie, I was like, Ugh, I'm just going to fall asleep. Well, I must have fallen asleep for maybe I'm, I thought it was way later in the movie because Wes comes in and starts like nuzzling into our bed and Susie's like, you got to turn the TV off. And so like it's just like kids riding their bikes or something. Right. But I was like, fuck, yeah, it's like somewhere near the end of the movie. And yeah, it was only like five minutes after I'd fallen asleep because I saw later on Plex, the play count was only like 15 minutes into the movie. <laughs> it's so wild. It's like you can't. Yeah. There's so many things going on that your mind was probably aware of as you were falling asleep, but then your mind can only calculate one thing at a time. Yeah. <laughs> I fell asleep for the whole movie. There's yeah. nobody in my room right Yeah, And then you, and you realize later, like, wow, a lot of things happened in five minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what it feels like when you're at that point, two, two and a half minutes in, and then you hear, pay attention. That's yeah. what's kind of like, okay, all right, I'm awake again. And I do have this uh, because that's where I synced up the songs. It's uh-huh. at 155 exactly on the uh, demo and 151 in 20 frames. So 152 on the uh, uh, singles version. Yeah. I do kind of, you know, what's funny. It's so funny. I was, while we were playing this, I was like, man, this reminds me of that one time. Like they probably thought of this part of the song in the studio late one night. They were just holding the guitar and just started strumming these things and then they were like oh mark hit record on this you know this whole part of the song dude why was i like oh we did that and lost off the bus one time didn't think of it more than that then we happen to mention the song world's on fire it's the song world's on fire that we did that with (laughs) it's so funny so now i'm gonna play a little bit so here is this is world's on fire whatever 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 i'm gonna go here to two what when when does it hit 226 uh 226 i'm gonna go to 226 i think that's when ours starts our little outro thing yep so before it was a ring out and then we happened to be in the studio and we're like oh hit record on this let's just like make this a thing so i think this is me on the acoustic Yeah. It's like a whole different part of the song that sounds nothing like before, but it was a cool thing to do at the ring out. Happens at 226 in the song. That's crazy. Sick. This is our uh, digits outro. Yeah. funny that like i was listening to that and i was like oh we did that one time in the studio and it was that exact song now um, anyway. okay now you brought up at the very beginning of this you had a rave dj with where's my mind right yes and i remarked about the major to minor transition oh will yeah you please since you're there at the playhead will you play the last app the last couple of lines of digits and i want to hear the last 
two chords that they play. Uh, got it. Uh, during the long Static Prevails outro. It, yes. Got it. God, <laughs> something about oh my heart. Yeah, baby. <sighs> Got to make it when you do it. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so yeah, beautiful. Man. Yeah, it is so beautiful. Oh, and then yeah, the crickets, classic. Which we heard. Did Jim tell us that, or did we hear that somewhere else? That, but we've heard they it talked several about they just places. Got a long XLR cable. Yeah, and, and they went outside um, and li- and yeah, yeah, played that. Uh, I think we've heard it several places. Uh, Jim mentioned it, yeah. So they took the XLR and they brought that out to the front and just listened at the, at the studio. Yeah, yeah, classic man. Okay, all right. So all of that is to say, what are we an hour into this episode? Yeah, right. <laughs> but that's good content. I think yeah. there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack on this one. Uh huh. Um, it's digits. So. Man. Uh, I've got some track notes here. Wikipedia says Digis was influenced by the work of Christie Front Drive. An earlier version of it was released on Jimmy World Split with Christie Front Drive. So uh, I might as well go through some of these because I might end up saying something twice. Um, here's the band blurb on the archived website about the split. This is a split seven inch we did with one of our favorite bands of all, Christie Front Drive. Of all our of all of our releases, this one is the most cherished by us. There is one song from each band. Another version of the Jimmy World song "Digits" is available on Static Prevails. This split was released by Wooden Blue Records, which is no longer operational and is unfortunately out of print. Um, so that's the old blurb. Then there's the blurb from the single's album itself, recorded and mixed by Larry Elia at Mind's Eye Digital, Wooden Blue Records. Uh, 003. In the summer, uh, the summer after getting out of high school, I was part of a production company with two other friends. We listed ourselves in Maximum Rock and Roll's Book Your Own Fucking Life, Volume 2, which listed bands, promoters, zines, venues, etc. In every state, and some in Canada and Europe, a band from Denver called Christie Front Drive called and needed a show for Phoenix. They sent a few copies of their first LP, It Blew Me Away. At their show, Joe Lebo, who was involved with the production company in Wooden Blue Records, asked to do a seven asked them to do a seven inch split with us. Without even hearing us, they agreed. We gave them some of our records to check out, and they kept touring. I doubt highly they would have wanted to do the split had they known how fast we were playing back then. So we, I do have more info about that, and that gets uh, told in the uh, sellout book when they gave Eric from Christie front drive their record what it turned out that it was was uh i think he he was given one two three four and the self-titled record but the self-titled record was on cassette i don't think it was even pressed to cd yet and um i have some information next week that i think capital helped press the self-titled 1994 even though it's a wooden blue record um so the version that went to eric was pre the CD that we have scans of and everything and that, that people even is still hard to get. I have a feeling that what Eric got was earlier version of that. And Eric went ahead in the book and said he didn't really like what he heard all that much. Like it just wasn't really his scene. So like, they were like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then Jim, a couple months later, 
after having heard Christy Front Drive, goes ahead and sends him digits, and he which loves is it. yeah, which is basically like completely a love letter to all the stuff they loved about Christy Front Drive. And Eric was like completely blown away. And we talk about this. I talk about this with JT O'Donnell. Um, that uh Eric like he was like, well, fuck, like we're going to get blown out of the water with this seven inch because their song is so good. And we're putting a throwaway song. They didn't have a home on this thing. Um, but anyway, that was the, that was the blurb, I guess that I remembered. Um, the band box, uh, had a track by track. Did you get the band box, uh, back and forth, uh, that they had? Was this in the one that I have? It is. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can pull some, pull some stuff for us to do a little Jimmy E. Pod theater here. Yeah, let's do it. I got it right here. Okay, cool. I'll go ahead and read uh, Zach, and then you go ahead and read Jim. And is Tom in here too? Yeah. Uh, Whoever is next, you read whoever's next. Uh, Digits was one of the first songs written for Static Prevails. This was the beginning of us wading into different waters, away from the pop punk and into the more melodic guitar stuff. I think it set the course for how Static turned out. Digits was originally written for a split 7-inch we did with Colorado's Christy Front Drive, which my roommate put out on his label. Right after we graduated from high school, I jumped into a production company with some friends because that's what you did back then. Poof, I'm a production company. <laughs> I'm going to start promoting punk shows with a couple of friends of mine. We listed ourselves in Maximum Rock and Roll's Book Your Own Fucking Life, which was basically a resource guide for bands that wanted to book their own tour. It had every state listed with the cities and people that you could call for promoting shows, plus other stuff like hangout spots for bands. You could write a letter to another band and say, hey man, we need help with a show in your town. We got a record in the mail from Christy Front Drive, and when we heard the record, it completely changed our band. At that time, we were listening to a lot of fast punk bands like NoFX, Propagandi, hearing Christy Front Drive, and Sunny Day Real Estate. We were just like, this stuff, this is stuff we've always wanted to play. Let's try to do it. Christy Front Drive sent out ridiculous production companies some... Ah, sorry. Christy Front Drive sent our ridiculous production company some of their records because they needed help getting to L.A. They had a show opening up for Sensefield, and they didn't know anybody in Arizona, which was on the way. We said, yeah, cool, man. We'll book a show for you. It was a horrible gig. None of our shows were that great. But one of the people in our production company was also involved in my roommate's record label, who was putting out our Jimmy World CDs. And he asked them, would you guys want to do a split single with Jimmy World? Without even hearing what Jimmy World sounded like, they said yes. Because it was a big deal for someone to put up money to release your records. When Christy Front Drive got to L.A., Lauren Israel, a scout for Craig Aronson at Capitol, was at the show and thought they were great. He asked what else they had, and they said, well, we're doing the single with a band from Arizona called Jimmy World. Lauren hunted down our early records, showed them to Craig, and then all of a sudden, we had Craig at our local gig. So rad. Yeah, so, so yeah, rad. And that comes up a lot in uh, Sellout. Um specifically like all that Lauren Israel stuff, all that Christy front drive stuff, all of the whole seven inch. And this is the seven inch that got put on Lauren Israel's desk. And uh, I believe you picked it up at Aaron's records, which is the record store that I went to in high school, uh, picked up uh, Swiss army romance. And so impossible EP Fugazi um, probably bought a blink record there uh, or two, probably like a single or something like that. And uh, and it was only because he wanted he w- was interested in Christie Front Drive, and then happened to flip to the B side of it 
fell in love with the song Digits, according to Sellout, and uh, and really like hunted down the band. Uh, it's a great listen, um, so much so that I finally bought the book. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, sick of borrowing it from the library and returning it when I thought I was done with it, and then having to borrow it again. I didn't realize what a an effect Amoeba Music had on Aaron's records. I started looking and look. Uh, listen, Amoeba or, had an effect on Aaron. Oh, in this yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, when Amoeba opened, there was not really a place for Aaron's. Yeah, right. And there were only six minutes, a, a one and a half miles from one another. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and I never went to Aaron's. So you had gone to Aaron's. I've only ever been to Amoeba, so I only knew it from Amoeba's place on the planet. Yeah, it's interesting. I want to look at because I I I know it was on the east side of the street. It was on Highland. It was a yellow building, red text. But now I'm like, well, what's in the place of Aaron's now? Like, and I just don't know that I would be able to tell you. Like, I'm gonna go ahead and do like, what's um, I'm gonna look at uh, the property um, shark is what comes up. So I wonder if it's still oh it has property shark. There. Oh, what was the address? Uh, one one five zero North Highland Avenue. So it looks like it has hmm, Let me take something a look. there. I, I, take a I can't tell what oh, it is. Oh, I it's, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, this was totally Aaron's records. Absolutely. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. That's so funny. I think for the longest time, it's right next to this uh, place. This restaurant has been a zillion things. Yeah, that's so funny. I think for the longest time, even when I moved here, because I lived around the corner from here for a while, right. I was like, oh, man, there's Aaron's records. And it's just not been Aaron's records for so long. So, yeah, man, the Aaron's the bond sign on the... Uh, if you're looking at Street yeah. View, yeah, um, that used to be the Aaron's record sign, and then the entrance is pretty much right where it is there. But it was a yellow building at that time. You're right. Yeah, you can see it where it says Aaron's records. It's kind of offset. It's got that, uh, yeah, just regular red font. And uh, it that's looks, cool. Are it you finding like, like a picture of it online? I don't oh. even know why I didn't ever looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> of Aaron's? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll send you that one. There's the there's the picture of Aaron's, and then what we're seeing is the Bond, which looks way more. Uh, modern corporate yeah yeah corporate but unfortunate man because you want these places to oh, survive closing yeah look at that yeah. yeah so this is interesting this is taken from the parking lot out so like yeah you can't really see this angle from the uh from the uh, google street view yeah the last time i was at amoeba was for uh, november 1st weezer played there in that inside the place wow in 2017 and I got a few pictures from inside there. So you said Amoeba, uh, once Amoeba opened, Aaron's Records was kind of screwed? Yep, yep, and there's a lot of comments on their Yelp page. Yeah, there's a lot of comments on here. I'd say half of them. There's maybe eight. So four of them is all people kind of shitting on uh, Amoeba, blowing it out, saying, hey, on a Saturday night, you could go into Aaron's, and it would be lit up, and people would be hanging out and talking and, and sharing information. And then after Amoeba came into town, it just kind of fell apart. Yeah, there was another uh, like record store we used to go to up Highland, across from Hollywood and Highland. It probably closed before the mall opened, and it was uh, just north of the bar. God, what's the name of that bar? We used to go there all the time. Um, shit. On Highland? <laughs> it's on Highland, on the uh, east side of the street, across from Hollywood and Highland. Northeast ten corner. bars. I'm gonna knock them out right now. Let's do this. All right, we got Desert Five, Frolic Room, Bar Liz, Sunset and Vinyl, Adults Only, Black Rabbit Rose, No Vacancy. The uh, that, uh, Black Rabbit Rose is owned by Fitzgerald, who 
I brought up oh. earlier on the phone. Burgundy Room, um, No Vacancy, The Woods, Lost Property Bar, Sound Nightclub, Mama Shelter Roof Bar. I don't Any know, of I'm those? Zoom in. I'm gonna find it right here. <laughs> this is uh, PC's Bar and Grill. Oh, that's that's out here. <laughs> that's so funny. Like it's so funny. I'm zooming in. I know the bar is right here. Why is it? Is it look at closed? this Applebee's Bar and Grill, Highland, California. That's Highland. This is a powerhouse. Like powerhouse. There you go. Powerhouse. Yeah. So uh, on Powerhouse, next to Powerhouse uh, now, at least on this, um, on this uh, Apple Maps thing, is called something called Welltopia. And where Welltopia is used to be a cool record shop that we would go to. Um, and uh, yeah, man, it's it's a but, shame, man, that the cool record shops are gone. Yeah, it's a different vibe now. Yep. Yeah. So that's a bummer. Um, but that does track timeline wise. So when did Aaron's close? What year? Oh boy. Oh man. Um, it was these comments came from. Let's see. When were they? They were just a few, like five years. I'm gonna ago. see if there's anything in the metadata of the picture you sent me. Yeah. Look at this. Twelve twenty two two thousand eight. It has been closed for a while. So maybe it was it was uh, 2007 or 2005 that it closed. Yeah. I mean, it was there when I graduated high school, and I still hung around in that area, but it was definitely gone by the time I moved in in 2007 is when I moved uh, down the street there. Yeah, that's yeah. a bummer. All right. But that's the place that Lauren Israel got the 7-inch. Well, that's where he used to go and get records right. all the time. Probably this one. Who knows? Um, there's another blurb about this uh, seven inch in the uh, band box uh, uh, thing, and I'll read this blurb here. Jim Atkins only took lead vocals on one of the eleven tracks composing uh, comprising Jimmy Eat World's, not named uh, after him, but rather original singer slash current guitarist Tom Linton's brother. Long out of print, self titled 1994 debut for Wooden Blue Records. Soon thereafter, though, the peaceful transition began when he took the mic for the band's split release for the same imprint with Denver's influential Christy Front Drive, whose stately slide sadly didn't make their soul full length. Jimmy Eat World's Digits is a rawer number than its Static Prevails counterpart, on which Christy Front Drive's Eric Richter guested. So... All kinds of incestuous uh, yeah. information there. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, that is... Uh, oh, and then uh, we talked about this on the carbon scoring episode, but this is just another one of those things, and I I actually have to check. I, I think I checked in with Mitch. But um, remember when we did carbon scoring, it said that digits and carbon scoring were the last songs we recorded with our first bass player, Mitch Porter. And the way that Mitch remembered it, he was like, no way we recorded digits way before uh, I recorded carbon scoring. So he also told me that carbon scoring, he plays chords um, on his bass. Yeah. Yeah. He said, he said, uh, I did a good job. Um, but as a hint, he plays chords and he also <laughs> liked the Mark office bass a lot. <laughs> a um, let's see. Oh yeah. Mitch blurb here. Uh, I know it's me on the split. You can tell by the pick noise on the string. Rick was fingers. I'm pretty sure they recorded any song I would have been on again with Rick for the album. You know, so they didn't have to pay me. Just kidding. Uh, so any and all versions, uh, all other versions aren't me. And that was, I think, because I asked if he demoed the song for Static Prevails before Rick joined. Uh, just because I didn't know if it was him on the on the uh, demo or not. 
Um, so yeah. Um, got anything uh, track notes wise before I? Uh, nah, that was it. Inundate that was all... you with more stuff. Nah, hit me, man. Inundate okay, fun me. Fun stuff in the liner notes of the 1996 vinyl. So, uh, what does it say? Uh, 19 copyright 1996 Capitol Records, manufactured by Capitol Records, printed in the USA. Uh, mixed, blah, 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 Mind's Eye. Oh, pre-production. This was interesting. Pre-production for the record was at Mind's Eye Digital. My guess is the demo, along with the uh, version that was recorded for the split, were, were both recorded at Mind's Eye Digital. So Larry Elia uh, probably recorded both the 7-inch version and the uh, Static Reels demo version. Um, Hell yeah. And then there is... Write to Jimmy Eat World at an industry for outer space P.O. Box 30864 Mesa, Arizona 82575 or call us at 800-206-0084 <laughs> extension 0151. Um, Have we dialed it? <laughs> no, I suppose we could. Um, I could just call it <laughs> on speakerphone here. All right, go ahead. Welcome to America's Hottest Talk Line. Yes! <laughs> I'm so glad. You, press one now. I'm so fucking glad. Interesting and exciting guys free. Press two to connect free now. Guys, press one now. Oh, it's just going to loop this part. I mean, oh, but I would do zero. Let's see if it's a secret. Yeah, oh, they hung up on me. Oh. What was the extension? I don't know if you heard me, but it is on tape. I was like, oh, please be a sex line. <laughs> I didn't catch it, but you know what? You wish I'm you so glad. <laughs> I remember we used to go to the um we used to go to the uh bowling alley and we would just type in like one eight hundred like boobies or something. <laughs> and like we would just think of sexy words to see if they were sex lines. And nine times out of ten they were. So I wonder if there's a uh like a is there like a sexy word in this somewhere? Uh, what the was two, the number? Th- there's three zeros, so I don't think so. Uh, 206-0084. All right, let's see. I'm going to look at my number pad online. All right, let's see. So, okay, what was it again? 206-0084. 206. Yeah, there's nothing for zero, right? Yeah. So there's nothing. It would be, yeah, nothing really. I'm looking for, like, phone number. Like, is there a website that I can go that'll, like, take those and like give me any anagram of like because two is going to be a b c zero is going to be what O at best uh-huh six is gonna you know like is there something that can make a, out of any of that oh digits man i'm so glad it was a phone sex line That's so it's glad. funny because i'll put in <laughs> you put in 800-206-0084 and the discogs comes up or call us at <laughs> yeah so that comes up uh yeah nothing else beyond that I'm so glad that was a phone sex line, though. <laughs> yes. Yes. So uh, let's take a look at the A side of this 7-inch, Christy Front Drive's slide. Did you yeah. take a listen to this song? I did, man. Let's listen to it together. I want to I want right. to. This is this from what has been lovingly called by the fans Anthology, which is uh, Christy Front Drive. That's what it ended up getting put on. And Eric Richter, who sings on the Static Prevails version of this song, is singing on this uh, song here actually eh, no reason to put it and watch together there's nothing to see very peaceful
I definitely hear Jimmy World influence yep. here. Totally. Love that. I love what's happening in my left channel right now. I love that this song was a song without a home and Garrick Slagle nine months ago says best Christy front drive song ever <laughs> wish I still had the vinyl single split I picked up around the mid to late 90s I love that he just sort of throws it away like that you mean yeah. the Jimmy Eat World split <laughs> I should reply whatever happened to that B-side band <laughs> Inky face after it. I dig it. This song is great. Yeah. Uh, dig it. Uh, let's see. Oh, those are my other notes. Uh, so yeah, Anthology. Let's take a look at that real quick. Anthology is a compilation album by American indie rock emo band Christy Front Drive. The album was released in 1995 by Caulfield Records. It is a compilation of the band's first 12-inch and 7-inch releases up to 1995, however, excluding the three songs from their split EP with Boy's Life. Um, and on that record, it's track 7 of 10. And uh, Eric Richter does vocals and guitar. Jason Begin plays guitar and screams on Long <laughs> Out and Away. Carrie McDonald is bass and vocals. Ron Marshall is on drums and uh, Eric Richter has a Wikipedia. Uh, he was born February 5th, 74 American musician and singer songwriter from Denver, Colorado where Jed's from. Yeah. Uh, his, he's best known for fronting the influential nineties emo band, Christy front drive. He moved to New York city in 96 and helped create the post rock slash electronica quintet Antarctica. Uh, so yeah, there it is. And then went on to a bunch of different things. He also provided vocals on the Jimmy Eat World second full length, Static Prevails. Sweet. And uh, I read the Mitch. Oh, so the alternate 7-inch cover. Did you come across this? Well, okay. So the alternate 7-inch, yes. The cover. So you talked about the yellow one. We saw one. I saw yes. one in real life. Well, not in real life, but a picture of one in real life. The stamped one, right, which is yellow. Yeah. You said there was an alternate. Correct. Did so you the, find uh, that uh, one? Was it the picture I sent you? Yeah, it that was. 
that Mitch sent me just yes. randomly, casually sitting yeah, on yeah. a shelf. Yeah, hey, look, it's just sitting on my shelf right next to my Tauntaun or whatever it is, the Tauntaun. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. Um, so, yeah, here is the uh, Discogs entry and the photo. Uh, I will send this your way. Um, and it's got some really cool, interesting stuff. Um, oh, yeah, I did see this on Discogs, yeah. Yeah, so it's got things as, like, meddling kids. It's uh, got Rick... Or what does it say? It's like Eric, but then like crossed out. And then it says Rick and it's got an arrow. Girls, Schultz Jr. Meddling uh, Larry. kids. Yeah. Jeff um, Turd Cycle. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and uh, when I sent this over to Mitch, I was like, oh, hey, man, did you ever see this alternate cover? And he had seen it. I'm uh, looking for his uh, thing. Okay. Um uh, bu- 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 uh, uh, I gotta pull up that too. There's so many things. Man, to have that. <laughs> he said. He said. He's he's said the word depressy ten ten times <laughs> since our uh, yeah depressy <laughs> since our episode. Um, some of those people on the alternate cover are noteworthy. I see Jeff, who is in Sonic Pudding, Aaron Balkin, who is the other leg of the Wooden Blue, besides Joel and Jeremy. Um, so those are a couple of the folk here. Uh, I see Conrad, Peg Boy, Peg uh, yeah, Boy, really Chad, sure. Tom. Look at Tom, yeah. like with like with that, what oh, looks like dude. really long hair. Yeah, that looks like a a, a mohawk for sure. It Joe does, right? and back, yeah, backlash or backspit. Um, so yeah, a lot of really cool stuff. So it says Christy Front Drive and Jimmy Eat World split seven. I thought it was like split, yeah. but it's seven <laughs> inch. Um, and then what is what do you think is written? Over in purple crayon, B L, or you think B L? I thought it was no, 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 B E, B F R, B. Do you think we could afraid be afraid? Oh, be afraid. There's an A missing. Be afraid of Jim G Y G I M. Be afraid of something after it though. Be afraid of OF over Con that's over Conrad and then G I M. P Gimp. Be afraid of Gimp. Gimp. Who's Gimp? Mean? Well, this was in 94-95. It could be a reference to pulp fiction. Mm. Be afraid of Gimp. Let's look it up, man. Be afraid of Gimp. Gimp or Gump? Gump? Fear of a Gimp, Gimp planet. I'm scared of this Gimp icon. Yeah, there's nothing on here. Oh, you Googled Be Afraid of Gimp? Yeah, just in case. Oh, Be Afraid of Gimp. I think that's a P. I I see it now. Yeah. Um, And then at the bottom left, it says, this is not the actual cover art. The real cover art has not reached the final stage of completion. completion. To obtain, write wooden blue at the address stamped. Note uh, where... Somewhere the s- on the sleeve? Sleeve. Ye shall receive. <laughs> weird stamp somewhere on this sleeve ye shall receive yeah got it love it look at us deciphering this live yeah and look at the kodak i love the kodak um the 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 print right there the the kodak 5063 tx spared no expense Uh uh-huh let's see see. there is uh the alternate cover which i wanted to cover um uh, it's black and white baby 400 tx So Zach Lind had a few tweets about the song Digits. Um, 
This was from July 23rd, 2021, when the band was doing a retrospective tweet session. Uh, Zach says, the song Digits was a turning point for us. It was the first song we did. Oh, it's so funny. This is like almost word for word what he wrote to Bandbox. <laughs> we wrote it very much inspired by Christy Front Drive. I love how it wanders, zigs, and zags. Big props to Eric Richter from Christy Front Drive for being willing to sing on this version of Digits. His part is so great. Yeah, lots of parts, overcomplicating things as a product of our youth. It's awkward, but it was us at the time, like an old picture of you wearing a Jimmy's a Jimmy Z hat. <laughs> We've mentioned that before too yeah. recently, I feel like. Yeah, in fact, yeah, that was what uh that was what um Jake wrote down in his article. Oh, that okay. Line for line, yeah. Um and then uh this was something uh March 5th, 2021. I wish I could go back in the time machine. I'd still love to go back and bring up the tension on the bottom head of all the Static Prevails snares. And somebody named Chase uh, at Beard uh, United says, yeah, 90s, am I right? And Zach says, I feel like it's a pandemic that remains today. People still need to tighten the rezo head on their snares. <laughs> Chase says, what's the song you think it sounds the worst on and why is it 17 cry face and zach says i think 17 sounds okay digits snare definitely needs some love and chase says all the reverb and zach says it's honestly not an issue of verb those drums were recorded in a large tracking room it's more a matter of tuning and utilizing room mics it's also a matter of me not being a very good player at the time and uh, Chase says, but look at you now. And Zach says, haha, it's one of those things where I've genuinely learned lots from experience. And I wish I could go back and redo some of that shit, but it's okay. I was a kid. And uh, that's the end of it. But I'm, I'm sort of interested in his take here. What do we think it sounds like? Can you listen to this snare and think that it sounds it's, like it needs some love? It sounds loose. Like, <laughs> like let me go to this uh, quiet part here. All right, let's see. I mean, I was trying sound, to go to, like, not a loud part, but... I know this is kind of cheating from what you just said, but it doesn't sound tight. Right. Let's go to this part. I see a lot of peaks here. Yeah, I feel like... But if it was tighter, it would almost sound... I guess I can sound... hear... Like, it, it doesn't, doesn't sound... sound like, it has a lot of character, I guess. I don't know. He's. I, don't know. I guess you gotta be a pro to know. You get to that point where you can kind of just hear that, like, oh yeah, you know what? I should have uh, changed the the strings on that guitar. But everyone else goes, it sounds fine. You hear that snap. Yeah, you, you hear, hear that, that clap. Snap, that pop. <laughs> <laughs> Same kind of stuff they use to pump that sounds. Yep, that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that wraps up. I think. Uh, nope. Uh, band tweets did they have anything uh they tweeted randomly november 5th 19 uh 2019 um ice t yeah <laughs> ice t posts on twitter daily game colon pay attention jimmy Eat world retweet quote tweets it in quotes <laughs> stop paying for regret hashtag digits so that was uh my favorite little good on them man on them. yeah man pay attention <laughs> and uh that is uh 
all I have uh, up into community. Do you have oh, anything? Those are so good, man. David, you did such a good job on that. I love it. Thanks, man. Man, love your homework. You're such a good homework guy. <laughs> uh, you yeah. have any reviews or articles or anything? Uh, that you know, I don't have any reviews or articles, but it was basically the stuff, the, the comments that I made, and then all the the uh, Aaron's records and making sure Eric Richter was mentioned, all that stuff. So, no, I, I have nothing else to talk about. There wasn't a lot of conversation about this outside of like a handful of uh, Reddit posts. Yeah. Well, let's so, see. Go ahead. I was going to ask you. I got a poll question. I know I've done the polls. This is another random poll from Exile on Dayton Street. Oh. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question. This is Digits versus Firestarter. There okay. were. Oof. Yeah, man. There were 64 total votes. Where do you think they they were placed? I think Firestarter won. And I think it was, I'll say 50-14. Wow. They were, it was a dead heat, man. 32-32. Whoa! I thought you would have said Digits would win. Nah, Firestarter's pretty well liked. Yeah, I guess so. I I I, I feel like before the end, we'll get into this in final thoughts. But like, I don't feel like I realized how important the song was until really doing digging in and right. doing the research and hearing Dan Ozzy's book. Right. So like, I don't know. This was like not really a song that was on my radar. Really. Okay. Yeah, and it wasn't on mine either. I didn't get to the degree that I mean I didn't hit it to the degree, degree you did, but yeah, um, yeah, we'll so, get there. Uh, I think I'm this age now. Wait, what you feel? No, I think I'm this age now. I only because I'm doing quick math. I'm pretty oh, sure I'm this age. God, I'm gonna. I don't know. I gotta forget when your birthday is. Uh, Thirty-eight. Uh, thirty-seven. Am I thirty-seven? I think I'm thirty-eight <sighs> this See? year. Yeah, it's an even year. I'm. I'm. I'll be an even number this year because I was born in eighty-four. So I'm 37. Uh, what month is your birthday? October. Dang it. I was so bad. Sorry. <laughs> All right. This is Jimmy Eat World's first tune, cre- uh, first true creative accomplishment. In fact, all these years later, there really isn't a song they've done like it. And at this point, I'd be surprised if they ever do again. What makes Digits so different? is it's three distinct movements over seven and a half minutes. The first 2.30 or so is all instrumental, building throughout in, uh, with creeping dread. There's a brief breakdown, and then, out of nowhere, Jim screams, pay attention, and it's virtually impossible for the listener not to head, not to heed that command. That starts the second movement, which could have stood on its own as a regular emo-influenced rock track from Static Prevails. Jim really goes for it with the vocals, while he and Tom trade guitar licks. Tom even gets in the act with the vocals, creating a nice call and response in parts, which he corrects himself on in the uh, interview today. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, After a few minutes of this, it feels like the song ends before the song before the soft arpeggios of Jim and Tom's guitars come back and Jim puts his most vulnerable naked vocal performance to this point in his career on record to finish out the song. I really want to care what you say. I'll change that. He practically whispers. I just don't feel a thing when you say we'll get there someday. The easiest thing in the world the band and trombino could have done was just make a simple emo song out of that middle part and forget about the other stuff instead they turned digits into a masterpiece of the form and didn't really care if people might find it weird it is weird and it is wonderful says jake (laughs) t o'donnell guest of this week again with me um so 
There yeah. is uh, <laughs> my first bout of community. What else do you have community? All right, I've got um, best from uh, Captain Wiki Wiki. Eight months ago, very recent poll. Best non-closer, long Jimmy World songs. We know Jimmy World loves an epic closer, taking out the original self-titled album. I think Dizzy and You're Good are the only closing album tracks not to exceed five minutes. But what of Jimmy? Jimmy's epic songs that aren't closers. For criteria, I'm leaning on songs that are at least five minutes long and or barely under that length. And then their only listing for Static Prevails was Digits. Um, and then, I love what they had to say here. This was Fish Stick Toaster says, Classic. Just watched the fireworks. Very fitting, right? Uh, and Digits both made me cry when listening to them. Absolutely love those songs. Pain is a banger on its own, but hits different. And then, oh boy. do you think people, I mean, I guess there are times that I'm moved to tears. Um, but I yeah. feel like I read it more often than it ever actually happens to me. Right. There is, I'd say. Do you think mm, it's hyperbole? I'd say once a month, I'm in a, I'm in a mind space or a headspace to where I listen to that song in that moment with the environment. And I think, and I, and I make myself not make myself, Interesting. but I find myself. I don't think that happens to me once a no? month, maybe once a year. Really? Yeah. It's definitely once a month for me. I know it. Yeah. I, I, I listen to a lot of music and not saying like, I listen to a lot of different music. I listen to a lot of the same music. So there's points when I'll hit that same song. Yeah. At that right moment. And I'll go Oh, Yep. This is, this is giving me for the, the, Headspace I'm in for the emotions I'm feeling right now. Yep, there's a little tear. <laughs> it's not like yeah. a, I'm not sobbing, but it definitely hits me. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not saying yeah. It's it's not. It, I'm not exaggerating with a month, once a month. What's a, it's every thirty days. I probably listen to at least thirty to forty five minutes of music a day. So I think that's right for yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, Captain Wiki Wiki on their own post says, "I'll answer my own OP song by song." And they said, Digit's so very awesome. I love all the places it goes. I love how it ends. Especially, and, and this is not what uh, Captain Wiki Wiki said, but on that major to minor, man. Love it. Do <laughs> <sighs> you have any uh, other? Uh, I got some shot box stuff. Hit it. Um, Faco Flan says, whenever I think of this, I'm like, pay attention. <laughs> um, uh, that was in March of last year. Uh, let's go to one of the older comments. Uh DXA5ON uh, in March of 2007 says, this track scares the crap out of me every time I listen to it. Um, Static Prevails is underrated. This is what Jimmy World is all about. Uh, somebody says Static Prevails is so underrated um, in brackets too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did anyone, did everyone know that Eric Richter of Christie Front Drive is singing background vocals? Isn't that awesome? I just found this out, says Pianist Man 1337 in November of 2009. Um, Pianist and Man. It, uh, uh, Siberian Dreamer, January of 2010, says, is that really Richter in the background? That makes the song so much more awesome. Um, James, somebody else, James? U-S-I-L-L-X-D, February of 2011, says, first heard this on the Christie Front Drive Jimmy Eat World split. So that makes sense. <laughs> um, and somebody posted a link to that split on YouTube. And Rain Man 1020 says the singles version of this is so ace. <laughs> so that is uh, a little bit of that. Um, what else do I have on this? I got one from yeah. Ella Bella Medella. We haven't heard from her in a while. 
Yeah. Uh, for those seeing them live soon, just 28 days ago, a tour thread. Hey, it appears new albums on the horizon. What sort of mix would you prefer in terms of hearing new songs versus older favorites? Also, hey, long time no see. Sorry to those I used to interact with regularly who I disappeared on. I had a panic over my real identity being too obvious. Then it felt too silly to come back, but I really missed you. I hope that was not on our part. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Well, sorry about the doxing. Uh, Let's see. And then in this thread, Steezy Bro says, I've been petitioning a digits to caveman set for three years now. I wonder (laughs) if if Steezy Bro is at the uh, chain reaction with the little card. Caveman! Caveman. That's right. Right. Ooh, you uh, know what? Got, Go ahead. Uh-huh. I got Danielle Corey, who we know from the community, uh, replying to Jimmy Eat World's tweet when they were doing the retrospective. says, I had an internet friend in middle school whose life was literally saved by this song. He was falling asleep driving one night, and the pay attention came on right as he was drifting off the road. Uh, what what is it? What is this emoji called? This looks like like doe eyes. Oh, oh it's it the is? big the big eyes it's, with it's, like uh, the pleading face. Yeah, is what Twitter calls it. Um, so yeah, that is Danielle Danielle Corey's account uh, about okay. that song. And we have this one. Uh, we've visited this thread a few times. What is your favorite small slash obscure sound or detail in a juice song from Walking on a Wire a couple years ago? And there are several mentions of digits in this thread. One of which from Deleted is the eerie noises at the beginning of Digits with the subdued guitar coming in a bit later. And then a heap of games shows up. I have two, and both come in the same song. First is a bit of a cheat because it's in two songs. It's the crickets that connects Digits and Cavemen. Mm. The atmosphere just fits the light guitar playing at the end of Digits and starts of Cavemen wonderfully. And then the second was a dog barking at the end of Cavemen. I believe there's a picture of the band with the dog somewhere, uh, and those are ah, two you think it's that same dog then? Yeah, that's what uh, Heap of Games does. Dad. That's the, the that photo is in the bandbox uh, zine. Yeah. So now let's go back onto Adam Heap uh, in the Facebook group. He says in October first of 2020, in a thread about I proposed this set list. Can you spot the theme? One, two, three, four, five, five, five. Episode 4, 17, 1 mil, 12, 23, 95, 10, step 1, reason 346, 77 satellites, digits, and 23. Nah, man, I don't see it. <laughs> I wonder what, which did you have? Did you have the, you gave him just a thumbs up? You didn't even give him the smiley? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes you're just like hit, hitting the hitting the like and Yeah, I know, you're just going through it, dude, I get it. Uh, the last one I have is from Cody Castillo. Oh, I love this one. Cody Castillo from the Facebook group says this. March 2nd, 2021. It's been two decades, but Digits still catches me off guard and has me pee my britches every now and then. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Pay attention. <laughs> I get it, Cody Castillo. I would, too, if I was listening to that in the car, drifting off. Steven Ferguson in the Jimmy Eat World official group. <laughs> which is not the fan group, yeah. um, said in March of 2021, most underrated song, go. Mine is Digit's Heart. And uh, lots of people come in here. And there's somebody who's like trolling down here at the bottom. Christopher Fleming says, Satanica. No, wait, uh, school. No, wait, the acoustic bridge <laughs> from Sweetness Demo. Whatever makes me... What do you say? Which one makes me sound the most douchey? <laughs> so, yeah. 
there is uh yeah anyway i like steven ferguson uh yeah not the song in the official jimmy world group mm-hmm. um and that is all i have for community same now, here i do have i played already the vinyl rip i played the singles version i played the album version uh somebody made a fan made video do we want to see what this looks like real quick be film critics real quick. You want to proof this? Right, let's do it. Ah, I'll play a little bit of this. This maybe this will make sense to you, but somebody basically made like a boxing reel. Um. Oh. So it says, I don't think this is better than his current theme. I just did this for someone else. <laughs> so I'm like, what? But it's like, I don't know. It's like boxing or wrestling. Which? character is this or yes. <laughs> which wrestler brian Nobody, who can know yeah. um daniel, daniel brian. brian it looks like the watermark looks like b-r-y-a-n yeah so huh. <laughs> this person said that not only do they think the original music is better they just did this for somebody else which I think <laughs> is hilarious. ah someone remastered the vinyl version so let's take a listen and see if we notice any remasteredness of the vinyl version, which ended up on. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. They remaster the vinyl rip or what? Listen for that crackle or not. I think it's there. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Yeah, this is the one I've listened to. So they remastered this. So this might be the vinyl version I played earlier. But I mean, like, why would you need to remaster it if you could just listen to the singles version, right? Right. And then finally, in terms of other versions, ah, I found a band called Motion Control that has a song called Digits. So, you know, I like to do that. So let's hear Motion Control, their song Digits from the album. Ah, I see. So they have an album called Digits. What's weird is track one is called Digits 04. Track two is Digits 02. Track three is Digits 05. (laughs) Track four is Digits 01. Five is Digits 03. It's almost like they recorded like a bunch of different versions of the song. Uh-huh. Let's hear Digits 04. Oh, it's... Are your lights going? Oh, yeah, dude. Let's hit this. Can I change them? <laughs> there they are. There we go. The system is down. The system <laughs> is down. All right, well, there it is. Oh, wait, hold on. There's more? Carbon scoring here. Looks like you boys have seen a lot of action. (laughs) Carbon scoring here. Looks like you boys have seen a lot of action. Carbon scoring here. Looks like you boys have seen a lot of action. I've got balls of steel. So that's Digits by Motion Very nice. Control. And neat. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sweet. Well, what did I see in the background here? I saw Premiere, and uh, it looked like it wasn't recording. And I was like, oh, of course Premiere isn't recording. I don't record in Premiere. Right. Yeah. Not. <laughs> I'm glad Audition's still running. <laughs> yeah. So far, so good. Uh, all right. Let's see. Uh, okay. So live. Yes. We have 1997. 
with Eric Richter of Christy Front Drive. Shall we take a listen? To yeah, this? that's at the Skaters uh, in New Jersey. I believe so. Uh, it just says 1997, uh, uh, posted by Oppressed by PC. There it is. And it says, yep, live at Skaters World, Wayne, New Jersey. Uh, uh, it's a song about a girl. Rich K says, aw, Eric Richter, the best. And Natasha Oz says, another amazing song by Jimmy World, listening during COVID-19 pandemic. Stay safe. I don't think Tom's bent over enough. <laughs> <laughs> How do they sound that good? Uh, you know this setup was shit. Yep. Practice, man. Yeah. Rick has the same stance 20 years later, man. 30 <laughs> years later. Like, do you think Zach is playing to a click and that's why he's keeping time like that? Or do you think he's just keeping them? No. Yeah, I think he's. I don't think they have any kind of click shit going on right now. No. This is all organic. They're, it feels like they're playing it slower, but this video is only 529. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so good. Love all those boot cut Levi jeans, man. <laughs> Are we even going to get to Eric Richter? (laughs) (laughs) He's going to come on. I think he's in like the last third of this when I watched it last. It's not, it's a while till you get to him. And then it just cuts out after he's done. I kind of wanted to see them jump into it. Really make it a meal of this. Here it comes. Dude looks the same now, by the way. Yep. Exactly the same. <laughs> I can see why Jim likes this so much. It's like the the whole movement thing is so real. You hear them. Yeah. Vocally, sonically. Oh, here comes Eric.
He's saying all kinds of stuff. Yeah, he is. Wow. None nah. of that was Edge said it best. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Put back. <laughs> I did Something. take a screen grab, so that could be our artwork for this week. Yeah. Although, you know what I want to do? <laughs> I might have to have your help. I want to put the um, the math math.gif okay. animation over. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For digits. <laughs> do it. Oh, yeah. Huh? 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 I, lo huh? I love her. <laughs> so good. My grandma. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here is uh, them April 13th, 98 at Sudsy Malone's. Oh, Sudsy. Classic. Oh, just got rid of that whole intro. Why bother, huh? Now, do we think Eric plays this show with them and sings his part, or do you think Tom sings it? Suzzy Malone's. Where's Suzzy Malone's? Oh, Virginia? I don't think he's with them. Tom. Tom. <laughs> this is a car wash. <laughs> What happened? I looked at a car wash. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he barely did the one, two, three, four there. I feel gypped. I think it's not. I think it's not cool for me to say gypped. I'm sorry. It's in. It's in Ohio. It's in Cincinnati. <laughs> I feel cheated. I dig what they're doing on the guitar, just no vocal. It's so interesting. It sounded like Tom sang that one part yeah. that goes along with the other. It's, it's like just a weird amalgamation of other stuff. I'm going to jump to the end and see what they do at the end outro. Oh, let's back up. I think they just end it there. Yeah, no major to minor, man. It's a bummer. Sorry, man. Let's see what they say here at the end. Classic, classic, yeah, classic. Tune it up, oh, tune it. That high E, baby. You got to fix that. Promise Ring's gonna rock you. Promise Ring's gonna rock you. I love it. Promise Ring. I thought he said that high E string is gonna rock you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it was out of tune. <laughs> All right, here they are. Um, oh, a month earlier in Florida. And uh, we have this on video. So we can see what's happening during the bridge here. Uh, let's take a look. I'll see if I can jump somewhere near the bridge. 
Oh yeah, I love this video, man. <laughs> this is an Idaho potato, I think. We've seen this show. <laughs> We're pretty bad at the rock talk. We try not to, but... Yeah. I love the flo the one floodlight they have to light the band. When they play, does that bug you? Every band Phoenix says, like, oh, it's so hot. No shit. Middle of the desert. So, this song's called Digits. This song split seven inch with Christy Front Drive out of Denver, Colorado. Pretty good band. We'll keep, keep a look out for them. They'll be their up and coming new band. jump up here and see what yeah. I can get. Oh my god, it's still this. Yeah. Oh, A month later, he was done with that shit. <laughs> You know, it's funny. Oh, let's see what they do here. Oh, wait, it's Jim. No, Tom. Tom is on the floor. <laughs> Tom's falling down. Yeah, he is uh, convulsing. There he is. Yeah, no Tom there. Um, it's funny that Lauren was like trying to bend everybody's ear to listen to this band because they could write a song and knew where to put a chorus when we couldn't figure out where the chorus was in the right. song. <laughs> yeah, I had a mislabel. Yeah, man. Uh, I guess Lauren gets it and we just don't. Yeah. Um, mm. Finally, unless you have anything else, I got Wayne Firehouse in New Jersey. Now, is that the same as the other Wayne Firehouse in New Jersey. I don't know what I know about this one. Let's take a look. Wow. Wow. A fire department hall rental in Wayne, New Jersey. This is uploaded by Andrews Pratt. Intro to Digits. So it's just the intro. Um, Chris C. says, I have the full audio to the show. Wish I had the video. I was there, and it was a memorable show. There were something like seven other bands and the bill that forced the band to go on late and their set was cut off by the country curfew, county curfew. Bummer. Great show, though. The band themselves even acknowledged it whenever they visit the area. And Christopher Herring says, Dude, I used to have the audio, but lost it over the years. I know you posted this comment six years ago, but if you see this, help me out. And that was two years ago. So I'm going to go ahead and reply to it as well. Love the audio to this show. Gosh. Uh, Christopher Herring also says, My first show, I was 16. Patrick C says, Thumbs up if you still see Vicky rocking out. I love that. I mean, Zach's on a riser. At least they had a riser. 
Yeah, that, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, this is just probably solid brick. Let me check audition. Yeah, I mean, it's low, but it's a solid brick. Ooh, takes a sip of water. You gotta love the lighting here. Just fluorescence. <laughs> Yo, baby. Game, can we get, get at least four fluorescent lights above us, please? <laughs> oh, man, he's got those strings dangling. Oh, man, what, what a danger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just cuts right off. Yeah, That's well, I mean, you got you to gotta put yourself in the show. <laughs> what a moment. Hilarious. Uh, all right, th those are all the live versions I have, Sweet. and I think I have one cover. Although theoretically, why didn't I find interesting? Uh, I should have had a cover from Yo, Adam we Thomas, know. Thomas Adam Heap. Ta Ta Thomas Adam Heap. Yeah. Uh, so I got one. Do you have the same one, Renee uh, Chagoya? Yes. Now my question: I think it was muted when I tried to play it. Yeah. Facebook. Every time I tried to play it, it was muted. All right. But do you have it? I do. Sweet. Let's hear it. Let me play. This is, uh, yeah, Renee Shigoya. This is on Facebook, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Yeah. I think he hit it. I think so. I was ready for him to rock out. <laughs> right? <laughs> Bad uh so I didn't get around to post uh to hearing I'm searching the transcript right now for Thomas Adam Adam Thomas Heaps <laughs> um uh rock opera theory uh -huh. section of this song. Uh, so uh, give me just a moment. Do you have sure. anything else on the song while I search for this? No, I mean I have it. I have that queued up too. Shit, yeah, cue that up. <laughs> All right, dude. Let's I see. was Eight. looking for it right now. That's okay. That's okay. I had it just in case. Eighteen and a half minutes. Let me jump ahead to this. Eighteen and a half should be where we are. Let's see. Well, she did the bendy. Oh, wait. This is his cover. I see. I was looking for his rock opera. Oh, video. you know what? 
Yeah, I got this. Can we listen to this for a little bit and then we can go to yeah, the rock? Absolutely. Opera? I'll try to pull up his rock opera. All right. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that part. Stop paying for regrets For all resources all used up Take the best use of your time You could be onto something Too skeptic, too tired to care When they all seem to know at once Sweet muse left me all alone Sweet muse He's so good. Yeah, man. Uh, so I think I've got it here. I've got to right. jump to 2412 to hear his takes here. Okay. So let's go ahead jump to 24. Maybe a bit tentative at times. Here we go. And I hope you, you agree with me because this really does enhance my listening of this. And things get really interesting in Act 2, so let's go on to that. Now, you notice at the start of... Um, you notice at the start of Digits, there's that long two, three minute section of um, almost droning music going through. Now that indicates to me, first of all, the change of acts. So there's a time gap there, just a little instrumental piece. But it also gives the idea of a lot of time has, has gone. Because the first act is about them meeting, falling in love and going off together. Second act is quite the opposite. So let's get into that. Digit starts, pay attention, stop paying for regret. Fossil resources all used up. That could be like his motorbike fossil resources, fossil fuels and stuff. I don't know. Make the best use of your time. Save the long car ride home. Don't leave the house today. Nothing lost, but still nothing gained. 
No possibilities, all wasted, all gone over. Life means I hear my ears ring one more day. Now, I see this song as almost like an argument between a couple. They've been together for so long now, and then they're starting to get into arguments, they're starting to have disagreements. Hence the words, pay attention, stop paying for regret. It's almost like, stop moaning, stop complaining. And it's Jim Adkins singing, so I'm assuming that it's the bloke singing this to Claire. Like, she's sort of getting a bit weary of all the travelling, and he's saying, stop stop whining. Just You know, you've got to get used to this. Save the long car ride home. Don't leave the house today. Nothing lost, but still nothing gained. But she, So she thinks that she's lost something out of this, but he's saying, basically, no. But you haven't gained anything either. Things are basically going to be the same. No possibilities, all wasted, all gone over. You've left that behind. It's gone. You, you've come with me now. You haven't. All that potential you had is gone from there. Sweet muse, she won't be around today. Things that I could not say. Are you through it? Are you gone yet? This adds to my theory that they've just had an argument, and he thinks that she's she can't be around him anymore. She's gone off, and he thinks that maybe she wants to go back home. Hence the other lines that I mentioned previously. Don't leave the house today. Save the long car ride home. So basically, we've come through a time period where now she's regretting the decision to leave. And she she's almost... He thinks that she's contemplating going back home. Then we move on to the next phase of... Phase. Because phase, phase in, phase out. Of the song. You're on and off. Phase in, phase out. So, so. she's indecisive. She, she wanted this, and now she doesn't. Maybe she's flip-flopping. Crash a heart, crash, burn and fall. Under cushions, hide the change so no one knows. Now, this line always confused me. Whether... Because I originally thought maybe he was buying prostitutes. Mm. Or sex with other women. <laughs> Under cushions, hide the change so no one knows. Just be careful who you tell. That's a bit of a strange one. It could be, it could be that. Maybe that's why she wants to leave. She's noticed... Spare change under under cushions. Uh, that's why it's a bit confusing to me. But um, just be careful who you tell. She, he's warning her. Don't tell someone about the money under the cushions. <laughs> it could be metaphorical. I really want to care when you say I'll change that. I just don't feel a thing when you say we'll get there someday. And now this refers to the whole idea of static prevails, which we get a bit more into. And the idea that things don't change even though people say they change. I really want to care when you say, I'll change that. But he doesn't feel it when he says, we'll, we'll, we will change that. So what I get from this is, basically, this is a guy that sleeps around with loads of people. <laughs> and she fell in love with him, hoping that she could change him from that. She could almost domesticate him. But he doesn't think it's possible. He tries to lie about it. He tries to pretend. But he doesn't. He's he's a rogue. He, he's a drinker. He's a gambler. He's a roisterer. A doisterer. And that's just not who he is. And maybe this is another reason why we're getting this argument. She, she wants to leave home because she, th she thinks, maybe I can't change this guy. Maybe I can't love this man. And he's he makes promises but can't keep them. So that's what I get from this song. It's probably the most, one of the more complicated songs on the album. There's, there's a lot there that I had to think about and really put into place. But I think it does fit in the end. Now we move
There it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. He mentioned uh, he's sleeping with prostitutes and stuff. Did you ever <laughs> see the movie? I probably brought it up before. Four Rooms. It's directed by four different directors. Uh, Tim. Oh, man. Tim. Why can't I think of his name? Tim Roth is a bellhop that works in a hotel. And uh, it's his first night shift. And the lead bellhop leaves. And so Tim Roth is uh, uh, sort of in charge of this hotel. And he gets called up to four rooms over the course of the night. And one room is directed by uh, Robert Rodriguez. One room is directed by um, Quentin Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino. Yeah. And anyway, the Robert Rodriguez room. Have you have you seen this? Movie I have not. No. no. Oh, it's terrific. It's super fun. Uh, Tarantino film or room is my favorite, of course. Um, and uh, <laughs> there's a scene. Uh, the Robert Rodriguez one. Antonio Banderas and his wife. Uh, I want to say it's Salma Hayek, but I don't remember. Is it Marissa Tomei? Is it Marissa Tomei? I think so. Yeah. Mm, or Jennifer like Beals, Mar- one of the two. Jennifer Beals. No, I don't like her scene. No, oh, no, Selma um, Hayek's in it. Yeah, she's on the, okay, the so second yeah, page. Yeah, Selma yeah, Hayek. You're right. Yeah, Marissa Tomei, I think, is in the witches scene in the beginning with Madonna and some <laughs> other people. Um, but uh, um, in <laughs> so Antonio Banderas and Selma Hayek leave their kids for the night because they're going out. It's New Year's. Uh, and the kids are like, well, what if we want to see the fireworks? So uh, anyway, they end up putting uh, uh, the bellhop puts Vicks VapoRub over their eyes because oh, his nanny did it to him when he was a kid <laughs> so that he wouldn't get out of bed. And uh, and the kids end up smelling something in the room. And so they go and wash their eyes off and he and they call and they're like, oh, there's uh, there's a dead. Oh, <laughs> they lift up the mattress. They find the smell. There's a dead woman in the mattress. And they call the bell up and they said, there's a dead whore in the mattress. And I think the sister says, don't call her that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's what that reminded me of. Uh, it's a terrific, terrific, chaotic movie. It's like not it, it's like an OK opening scene. Then I think Antonio Banderas, uh, I think Robert Rodriguez is a second room. Uh, that's pretty good. The third room with Jennifer Beals, I just, it's so uncomfortable and awkward. But the fourth room is Tarantino's terrific. Yeah. Uh, highly recommended. Uh, so uh, I think that covers everything. What are your final thoughts on the song <laughs> Digits by Jimmy Eat World? I think the amount of information that you and I have gone through, mostly you, uh, yeah. <laughs> it shows how important this this song was in the history of the band and i don't want to take any of uh i don't want to take any of that flare away from you but i did find that this song is quite important uh and let's just say musically for the way that it was constructed the length of time that it lasts uh the different movements i know that that word has been thrown around a couple of times this is a very important and poignant song for the band i i, I just glossed over it you know, honestly, like some of the people had mentioned listening to it in the car and it just like it wakes them up. Um, if I didn't hear it loud, I would just kind of pass along this song or I would just I wouldn't know what song I was in by, you know, just w- without listening to it intently. So listening to it this time around with the research, I feel like I got a good read on what this song is about. The fact that it features Eric Richter in there. There's so much going on. There's a lot of history with this. And uh, and it happens to be a banger, man. What about yeah. you? 
I I I think I always thought of this as a singles song. Um, because I don't ever really reach for Static Prevails that much. And because it's tucked into the middle of Static Prevails, I don't think I ever think, oh, isn't this a song from singles? Like, I never really put together that they were the same. And then when I heard it and I was like, oh, I know all the words, I never considered that the middle part between the two verses was longer on Static Prevails and that it had a longer outro. I just never put that together. I literally had to stack them in Premiere and look <laughs> at the waveforms. Um, so having done that, I think I do prefer the Static Prevails version because I love Eric Richter's little addition there. And I like that outro thing. It reminds me of something my old band did in uh, yeah. the studio one day. So uh, I love it. And it ha- it's so important to the band's history. Yep. Um, so, yeah. I can't wait for everybody to hear now another hour with J.K. O'Donnell. <laughs> yes, so uh, exciting. We, we, we talk a lot about this song, and we talk a lot about its process for how he created his list, which is a fun, I think, listen, especially well, for us who good. do research on every song every week, and we're on, uh, what is the song? Uh, 143 next, so. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, uh, we've done many a research, so it was fun hearing his process. So, uh, everybody, stay tuned for that. Um, otherwise... Uh, if, uh, even if you don't, you know what, I'll be excellent to you and remember to be excellent (laughs) to each other and party on dudes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcoming back to the podcast, your favorite music writer and mine, Jake T. O'Donnell. Welcome back to the show. Well, thank you. I mean, that's like incredible praise. Uh, I don't <laughs> think I deserve that at all. And um, oh, it's great. great to be back. I, I'm sorry that, you know, the conversation that I had with Justin last week that uh, you that uh, you couldn't make it. Uh, but I'm glad we could make time to. Well, to the, make yeah. so, I, well, I think here's the thing is your article was two parts. So now you're doing your second part of this interview. Uh, now yeah first part with justin second part with me uh and we're uh shooting the shit about all things um uh this week's episode and next week's episode but this week we're here to talk about digits um and uh i will probably end up asking you some of the same questions that justin asked you uh last week which will really just be a test for you more than anything okay um, Okay, but i I feel like we could probably jump directly into digits what's fun is justin and i have yet to record this episode so we may actually talk about a bunch of stuff that a lot of people have already heard uh, as we're doing a little time play here but digits tell me your thoughts about the song digits um so i'm glad that justin's not on this right now because then when you guys will record later you can you know play the game where you make him guess what the number is and i'm, I'm very interested to see what you come up i was with gonna almost one. i was um, almost made you guess what number it is but maybe well, you have i the haven't article. i pulled i already <laughs> i pulled it up so i i, I kind of knew i thought maybe it was number 38 but it's actually number 37 nice um so i what I wrote in this, and what you, what I'm sure that you will, you have already recited with with uh, such amazing clarity and gusto <laughs> earlier in the episode. Um, it is their first true creative accomplishment. Now, what I wrote in my piece is really based off of what's on, of what's on Static Prevails. Um, I didn't really mention anything about the version that is shorter and a bit of a different version of the song on the Christie Front Drive split from technically two years before the album came out, but about a year in real time before when, when it was record when, when that version was recorded and the static reveals version was recorded. Um, 
but I think it is really their first true creative. The, the version that's on Static Prevails is their first true creative accomplishment. It's a song with multiple movements. Um, it's there's it's basically three three different songs almost, and there are and it covers this gamut of there's this wild sort of like brooding opening that is so sinister and just like definitely gives a glimpse of where they were going with a lot of the music that was like way after static prevails. And then the middle part, which is a like pretty straightforward, uh, em- you know, emo, uh, you know, rock song with really great vocals from Jim and, you know, um, sort of somewhat tip- typical of what you would expect of the band at that time. And then the part that was, added obviously they made those two parts a little bit longer for static prevails compared to the the original single but then obviously the, they add they add the coda at the end which is this just frankly it's it's this very naked gym uh you know vocal performance that is sort of highlights um kind of what the ability that he had at such a young age to emote like that and i and i make a note in my piece about the last couple lines of the song just being absolutely devastating, um, you know, and and just like you, um, everything that Jim wanted to get across in the song comes across in the, those last couple lines. So um, it is when you listen to that song for the when I listened to the song probably for the first time that first year that I was really into the band and you know when I was like sixteen years old, there's really nothing like that moment when you hear Jim scream, "Pay attention!" for the first time. It really hits you like a ton of bricks and um uh it was a real statement and and i think that so so the static prevails version of the song is is this like it's it is kind of like in the middle of the records um and it's it is just this um it's this incredible it's just this incredible like i said a creative statement and then the 94 version is the song that got them signed for some reason in my mind, before I did research and different things like that, I thought that what, what would I say to you now was the, like the big song that, that helped get them signed, but it was really this one. And it was, um, and I, I mentioned this when I talked to Justin and I know that you've read uh, Dan Ozzy's book sell out as well. And how so much, how the very first part of the, of that chapter of the book is about when Lauren Israel was heard that song and he would tell anybody that could that had ears that could listen i need you to find this band yeah because these guys are punks they know how to pull they, they are punk rockers they are of the moment but they know how to write a song yeah they know they know what a chorus is they know like they know where to put a chorus in a song and it's really this like amazing and so so it's the really important thing uh in their history uh this um th- you know this this um this the song that I think that maybe a lot of people who maybe tangentially know the band might not really even know this song, um, but it possibly is the most important song that they ever did. I agree, um, and I it, didn't. I don't history. think I thought much about it until Sellout, and that was why I was so excited that we had yet to do the song because that really like sort of like helped form the narrative behind the song and how important the song was. And we did yeah. a static track a few weeks ago, and it was Anderson Mesa. Uh, that was only last week, right? Where no, we sorry, were so that was, surprised yeah. that Anderson Mesa wasn't because that's a pretty great epic closer. And Absolutely. then we we're like, oh, it's not even the longest track on this uh, <laughs> on this record. Right. Yeah, they're just as longer. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, definitely. Like I, the other interesting aspect of that song from the uh, the context of Dan Ozzy's book is that you know Dan interviewed 
Eric Richter from Christie Front Drive. And Eric's reaction when he first heard the song was, oh, shit. Because we, we, they, w- the song that they were going to put on it was, or the song that they did put on it, the name of which is escaping me right now. Slide, um, I want to say. You're right. It was just an extra song of theirs. It was not something that they were like, had any great like level of feeling about. And I think that they had heard, they had heard the, the wood, you know, the the self-titled record and the other songs that they had done. And they thought that like, these guys were pretty good. And, you know, we don't have to get into the, you know, there's a whole long story, obviously, about how those guys got they got intertwined based off of Jim and Jim was, you know, doing the promoter thing and the, the band was trying to be promoters and they got hooked up with Christy front drive that way. And, but um, he, Eric Richter hears the song and he is like, Holy crap. Like we are going to get blown off this, basically blown off the stage quote unquote of the single by this song, which is so much better than the song that we have. Um, <laughs> and then of course, Eric ends up um, singing on the static prevail static prevails version they fly they fly him out from denver to um to la where they where they recorded that that was another detail that's in in dan's book obviously you know you know from listening to the song that um i don't think i knew for a long time that that was him singing it i just assumed it was tom uh, for a long yeah. time but um that's a kind of a cool detail too that they were able to fly in a you know their friend to or the you know eric who's a like again um was in a band that was bigger at the time than Jimmy world was um, to, to be on this track. Um, so yeah, very important song in, in the band's history. No question about it. Yeah. And it, it, it's fun. We'll talk about it next week too, is Eric was hit in the face by digits because he went in, like you said, having heard the self-titled record and not really being mm-hmm. all that impressed by the band. He's like, all right, yeah, sure. Whatever a split. Cool. Sounds great. Yeah. And then, <laughs> Yeah, when they submitted, right. oh, this is the song we're going to be doing. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I thought we were just band? messing around. I, th- I thought you guys were going to put in, you know, Chachi or something like that. Yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, <laughs> this was, you know, the digits was this whole other, whole other universe for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, pretty cool thing. Yeah. I want to do, song. I haven't even done it yet. Um, and hopefully I can get it done before we record, but I wanted to line up the three versions um, mm. to really like see where they meet in the middle. And then how the intro sort of expands and how the outro sort of expanded from there. Um, So, so I want to point out that my, I'm incorrect in my, in what I, what I wrote in my piece, because apparently it was not that long ago that I, that I learned that it was Eric that sings the Colin, that that does the vocals Mm. on the song. Cause in the piece, I'm going to say, I say that it's Tom. Oh, so again, you've probably, you've probably already in this podcast corrected me about that. So that's all (laughs) that was all the people that have, uh, yeah, that paused the show to call in and leave a voicemail at 44 J pod. Um, <laughs> now are hearing this part of the episode and are like, ah, oh, damn. I made a couple, know. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing is like, I, I definitely acknowledge that there's stuff that, you know, is probably not a hundred percent accurate in, in, in my piece. That is stuff that either I've found in the internet. That's not, not true or stuff that is, that I assumed was true that, that maybe is not, but you know what? That's why we have Jimmy pod to, to get the record straight. <laughs> Um, it is fun reading through your article, though, source, because, so. yeah, you've got really deep cut knowledge that is all, as far as I can tell, really spot on. Like maybe every now and again, it's like small, small, small things. Um, but I feel like I've corrected myself having read your thing because you're uh, an actual journalist who has gone and wow. <laughs> knows how to source things. <laughs> Yeah, and it was a fun part of the piece for me too. Was to do that research. Was to was to try to find you know 
stuff on the internet or 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 maybe we can pivot to that and that's sort of like an interesting more interesting than like my normal questions which is like oh how did you hear the band well we knew about that from last week and all that stuff but let's talk about like maybe your process because obviously we have a process right and Mm so um i'm interested in sort of what your process was for maybe that article and in subsequent articles so this one was different like i have never you know i i i had had obviously seen you know a million different articles like this whatever it is like the um you know the top 100 lists or top 50 lists of whatever it is you know if it's you know probably who was the first ones ones to do it's probably like the rolling stone like top 500 songs lists that they probably first did maybe 20 30 years ago and then they've updated it every now and then since then and then you know everybody does this the ringer does this vulture does this like you know, uh, you know, um, Uproxx does this, like they all do this, this stuff. And um, so I kind of was trying to model some of the style of it after that. But, you know, as far as like my process goes for, for this one, um, I, I obviously knew like what I wanted to say about a lot of the songs um, to begin with, just because I've, you know, they're most of these songs I had sort of lived with for 20 ish years. And they, there are also like, things that I've written for either myself or, in, or, you know, mostly for myself, like, like a lot of thoughts that I had collected in the past about some of those things. And so I, I had all, a lot of that stuff in my mind. And I think that um, this one was just like, what do I want to say? And I, I, the thing that I don't remember exactly is if, cause, cause I mentioned this with Justin last week, how obviously as things go along, I have progressively more to say as each, as I get sort of, you know, higher on the list or, lower on the list however way you want right. to say it from, which i, I enjoy that part to too one. yeah yeah so um you know so i think i probably had a word number in mind for all of the songs in like the the 100 to 50 the 51 to 100 range like it was probably you know now that i think of it actually i think it was actually just lines in the google doc like it was like okay <laughs> i'm gonna write i'm gonna write five lines in the Google doc for the, for these. And then I'm just going to get progressively longer and longer and longer. And then again, I had, they were all one paragraph until the top five. And then, you know, so I think that was kind of the idea is, and that, and that's certainly how I try to approach writing um, the um, you know, that's certainly how I try to approach writing the, the pieces that I do at the end of every year when I do my kind of like top, I do like a top 10 albums list. I have a set number of words for each number on that list that I write. And I try really hard not to deviate from it. And um, for for the Jimmy Eat World one, I just wanted to make sure that I said, especially as I got higher up on the list, I just wanted to say everything that I wanted to get out about it. And I sort of, sorry, stuff, real quick, as a content yeah. creator, I'm sort of interested. Is it a threshold or is it a number? Like, do you start editing yourself because you went 121 words when you only wanted to hit 120 or is 121 that's past the 120 threshold i feel like i'm done now yeah i i definitely try not to be a a stickler about the exact number of words for something like that i just try to you know if i say yeah if i say like it's going to be 100 words if it's 110 115 again i'm i'm trying to do this for myself um i'm not trying to necessarily maybe in the back of my mind i think i'm trying to impress someone else but the bottom line you're is building a portfolio do... that's what <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm trying to do i'm trying to make it um i'm trying to make it as good as it as i think it should be cool 
And uh, yeah, so I just didn't know so if the, by the end you're like pulling your hair out trying to figure out how to say a sentence that's seven words in four words or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not like necessarily like you know because I in my professional life, you know, there's things are a little bit more rigid writing writing web copy and social copy and stuff like that that I do for in my in my in in my in real life marketing job. But like as far as for this, it's it's a little bit looser. But I okay, also, cool. I sense. think that there was, I ran into a thing early when I, like the first couple of years that I did my like top 10 lists where I definitely like let things go. Like I was, I would like get to the end of my list and like whatever my number one album of the year was, I was writing like a thousand words about it. And it's just like, okay, I think I need to like, I think I need to rein this in a little bit. Like, yeah. You know, I, do, I want people to actually enjoy. Well, I do want some people to. I do want people to actually enjoy reading it. So, um, so you were starting yeah. to talk about those longer pieces toward the end of the list. I think is where you were. Yeah, definitely. To go. Yeah, and I, again, I was gonna. I would have more to say about you know the songs that meant the most to me. And um, you know, as far as like over time, like I do, if I find you know, because after this, I might go in to the digits one and just like put an update and just say. You know, during my conversation with David from Jimmy Potter, I realized that that I didn't have this right, that it was actually Eric Richter singing these instead of whatever. Um, I try to I do go in and fix typos every now and then. And I appreciate you because sometimes you you notice the typos and you you, you work through them. And I do appreciate that. Um, I did have there were two things that I did. Um, I, I, I maybe I should have like denoted it a, a little bit better that I did this. But there were a couple of things that I, I believe since you've done these episodes, and since you did the episodes on these songs that I did actually make updates to the piece. The first one, and they're, they're both songs, they're both ones you guys have already done. So it's no, no big like shock or anything about what they are for the, just watch the fireworks entry, which is from. That's a year ago. Which is I number think four. Now. Yeah. Yeah. That was number four on my list. Um, I added in an anecdote that I came, that I actually came across from my journals in high school. I kept, I have my, I kept my journals from high school. Um, I actually, they're behind me right now in the bookcase back there. And I found something from like September of 2002 about, I was, it was like a Friday night. I was a fresh, I was a sophomore in high school at that point. And I was listening to just watch the fireworks on my disc man while lying on my trampoline in my dad's backyard and just like kind of dreaming and thinking about my life and what I wanted to be. So I so I had forgotten that I'd written that, but I found it in the in the um, in the journal and I added that in. The other thing is that for my number one song, twenty three, which you guys obviously you also already did that. I found when I was doing a, a clean, I was cleaning out some stuff in my dad's house, and I found a and this picture is is this is in there now and you can see it now. I added a picture of a, a binder that I had in my senior year of high school. And you know how like the three ring binders have like, they have like, there's like a flap, there's like flaps on the inside covers. So on the back inside cover of, I think it was my like world literature binder from my senior year of high school. I wrote out the entire lyrics to 23 <laughs> on the back of that. And I, so I found that when I was cleaning out my, my, my bedroom at my dad's house and I took a picture of it and I added that picture to That's the entry. 
Um, so those are the, and then, like I said, I try to, if I find a typo or if I find something that's wrong, I, I will make some updates. And I, and again, I mentioned to, to Justin last week about maybe at some point I will, uh, you know, probably at some point I will do a bigger update to the list and, and add in the songs from surviving and whatever the next album is and, and may, but you know, it might, maybe it'll be further down the line, but I do want to do it at some point. I do think it should be a living document as long as this band is. And obviously also as long as, you know, my own, opinions about songs is probably going to change too i would say that in three in the last three years since i wrote the list is that probably a lot of my opinions about some of yeah that's like when we asked jim like Um, i'm not going to tell you i'm not going to ask you and and it's funny since jim i've done this almost every guest what's your favorite for jim it was what's your favorite tom song today and you know (laughs) i mean because yeah it's so subjective and that's why these things are time stamped right like (laughs) exactly yeah it's not yeah it's just about that you know, how you're feeling at that moment. Now for this list, as I mentioned last week with Justin, I worked on it for the better part of a year. I don't know that like after I came up with the sort of initial order that I had, I don't know how much it changed over the course of that year, but I would say that in the three year sense, there's probably, I wouldn't say there's been like huge changes for me personally, but there's been, I'm sure there's been some changes. And again, there's other songs that need to, that, you know, I need to factor in the stuff from surviving and something loud would certainly be on the top hundred. It might even be in the top 50 potentially. So, um, so good. (laughs) Yeah. That's so good. Um, and yeah, I'm excited for whatever else they have coming hopefully soon too. But, um, yeah, no, so I, 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 um, and uh, the initial for the initial formation of the list, I mentioned last week that I, you know, was originally supposed to be this clarity piece and I, I decided to expand it. And I actually, I had, it was a, it was a Google sheet that I just listed out all of the songs, like all the songs, like everyone that would even potentially be in anything. And then I just remember, I think the way I did it was that I bolded I was just like bold. Okay, like this song's definitely in it. Like you know, sweetness is definitely in it. And Kill yeah, I was gonna like songs like sweetness. One of the questions I had for you is like, yeah, were there songs where you had to be like, oh, let me cue it up because I actually don't know based off looking at that song title what that song is. Or are you, you could look at uh, it. And well, be not like, sweetness, oh, but <laughs> no, 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 no I, that's I, what I was like. Sweetness isn't really the one, uh, but like, n- not really. I think that sometimes I feel like with Static Prevails, like some of the song titles kind of run together a little bit for me like if you ask me like which which one is in the same room i might have to take a minute and remember exactly how that what that song sounds like and i think i talked about early in the pod like i can go to a jimmy world show sing every word from the minute the show starts to the very end and maybe be able to tell you three of the song titles that came up. I mean, it's not that bad. Most of that's just like, I don't know. I was having a blast. I, I just didn't. And I know what blister is and they probably played it, but you know what I mean? But like, um, I'm I sometimes like we did this whole bias order thing. Um, yeah. yeah. And dude, we had to like, listen to so many of these songs. And even like we did a, we, I think the, I think the episode came out uh, on Patreon, but we did a, I quizzed Justin. I just gave him song titles and said, have we done this episode? <laughs> because like if he gave me that quiz, I mean, I'd probably maybe get 50% because I just, uh, I, I take it in. I understand the lyrics. I hear the lyrics. I know the song. I can play it on the guitar and maybe I don't know the name of it. Anyway, I was wondering how much of that you did while you were bolding those songs where you, while I was doing them. the list, not so I would tell you that I, from my, from, from my standpoint, Jimmy at world is like the one band that I feel like that's not re- like, 
the song titles, like I know, like ninety five percent, like ninety nine ish percent. Honestly, <laughs> there there maybe is no other band that's like that for me. Um, you know, other than like the Beatles and like a few other bands that I was like, you know, obsessed about as a, as a small child that, you know, has carried with me, but like for Jimmy world, like I feel pretty like I, like if I go see them live, I I will probably know the name of all of the songs, but that's, but again, that might be the only band where it's like that because I have like, there's a lot of other bands that I, you know, really love. And I love the national and I love the war on drugs. And I, you know, there's other bands like that. I don't think that if I saw them, I would like be able to be like, okay, yeah, I know that, you know, I know those, those song yeah. titles, yeah. but there are, but Jimmy world is a different animal for me personally. <laughs> so you're um, going through this sheet and you're bolding the song titles. Yeah. And, and at, at what point do you start? How, uh, did you add them as from like an XML or did you, how did you No, did you it just was just from memory. <laughs> honestly a lot of it was probably from memory and then i just had to make sure that i um that i didn't miss anything um and then yeah so i'm bolding them and i move them over and what i'm what i'm not really remembering is if i had i probably did end up with like probably 100 115 to maybe 125 that i was like okay these songs could be on the list and then it was a narrowing down process and it was tough it was tough to 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 narrow stuff and then i had to make some decisions about like you know do i include covers and i did i ultimately i did decide to include covers on the list i just felt like that there were too many really good covers that they've done that like were would have been impossible for me to leave off the list i think that the highest cover i have might even it might be last christmas honestly um and again, in, in in time since then, it may not, um, you know, I may not feel that way now. And I, I know that I have that. I have take them as they come and game of pricks. I don't half right did not make the the, the list. Um, and you know, we we won't. You know, we are never ever ever getting back together. Didn't make the list, and and they didn't make the list. And there's they've done a lot of these are really great. Cover, or I don't Firestarter might be on the list. I don't. I feel like think it so. is, but um, maybe it is. Okay. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> but um, if it is, it's probably in like the low eighties um, number. Actually, I don't. I honestly don't think I did put Firestarter on the list. But yeah. it would be that would not that was probably fifty one for sure. I just opened your top fifty. Uh, but <laughs> oh, fire! Fire fight is fifty eight. That's yeah, not. That's not what I'm looking for. Um, yeah, no. I guess I didn't keep Firestarter. Didn't make the list, but um, it was. It would have been close though. It would have been in, in that hundred one to. 120 range and yeah and then it was and then it was just a matter of like as far as the ordering goes it was just like i do think that the actual ordering of it of once i got into the top 100 really was kind of similar to the way that i do like lists during the course of a of a of a year like i just did my top 15 for the year so far and like i just did like okay I like this song better than this song, better than this song. And this song means more to me than this one, this one, this one, this one. And then I get all the way down to the, to the, to the end. Um, that was kind of how I decided on the ordering of the list. And then it was the process of writing the blurbs, which again, took me the better part of a year. And I didn't do it in sequence. Um, it was, I was jumping around from the song because like, cause sometimes it was, sometimes it came, it came a little bit easier, some songs than other songs. Some songs I had to do a little bit more research in order to, and you I was going to ask, I, yeah, I, how long would you give yeah. yourself on a song? Or like, let's say it's a song you did, other than your personal anecdotes, uh, I better fire up the Google machine and see what I can find here. 
So what what what's the question exactly? Like how, how long would you kind of give yourself per song if, um, in those scenarios? That's a really good question because again, like I was working on this off and on, like when I had time, like get to the end of the work day or whatever. And if I, I you know, I felt like it, I would sit and I'd work and I'd, I'd work on it. And um, some of them, you know, I would, I would write it. It would, some of them would come really easy. And sometimes it's just kind of the way it works with me and writing in general is like, sometimes it just comes really easy. Sometimes I can, I'll sit and I'll write the hundred word or 150 word blurb and just like be done with it in like five minutes. Sometimes it takes longer. And sometimes I do feel like maybe I need to, I don't want to say pat it out, but sometimes I need to pat it out with some research, like go find a gym quote or go find, you know, go find an, something about the song from, you know, uh, you know, if, you know, go do a little song meanings research or whatever, or, or find or find out something interesting about like the, re- the release or, you know, who appeared on it or did that you have like a list of links that you would go to, to pull some of this stuff? Like, Oh, let me open yeah. up these 12 links as my starting point and see where they take me. Um, yeah, definitely. I think like I would, I, I tried to, I had a Google doc where I was writing everything and I would try to make sure that if I had like, yeah, definitely like under each sort of blurb, I would make sure that if I needed to, you know, I, ha- I had the links there that I needed and that I could go to, I could go to Discogs. I could go to, um, you know, I could go to, to, um, set list FM to see when was, you know, when was the first time they played it live or when was the last time they played it live or how often they play it, or go to, or have YouTube links of different, like I'm sure it's similar to the way that you, a yeah, lot of for you, sure. You and yeah, these. lots of times you'll come up, you'll have a video that I've pulled and I'm like, Oh, this is the first, you know, it's Gators world or whatever yeah. is the first, uh, first recording <laughs> yeah. of this song or whatever. And, uh, and then there it is right in your article. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, it's, it's cool. Like they, they, um, yeah, and there's like one of the great things about Jimmy World is just like the amount of stuff that is out there about them. Um, you know, there, it depends, I guess, on the era and the song and stuff. But they're a band that came up at the same time that the internet was was coming up, and so there is a lot of the stuff out there. I did mention this to just to Justin last week that you know I was on the message board uh, back in the day, and you know from. I kind of lurked in the early 2000s. But I was like pretty active uh, posting on the old message board from like 07 until when it stopped sometime after Invented came out, I think. And that were, there was, there were, there, for you guys, like there's just, it's just like, it just would have been a gold mine oh, of that info. Don't tell it was me just that. like, well, I'm just, cause yeah. literally this was all we did. We just talked about these yeah, guys. Somebody's these songs. got the, somebody's got um, the archive somewhere. Someone's <laughs> got to have it somewhere again. Yeah. And you know, shout out to, you know, shout out to Bridget, my, my friend and, and Josh, her husband and Dermo and, and all of the people that I, that, you know, I used to interact with a lot on that site um there was it was it was a good group of people and it was a lot of fun and there were like there were multiple marriages that came out of that that uh, message board um like my friend my friends uh you know some 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 folks that i still keep up keep in touch with um as time goes on but yeah no like uh that was a fun community it was a fun fun place and again that came up with the internet like that was you know late 90s into the 2000s and all of that stuff was out there and, and it, and it was cool because yeah, like Jim and especially Zach would come on and answer questions sometimes. And it was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, like, you know, uh, so, so yeah, that stuff is out there and yeah, sometimes it's fun. And there was stuff there was kind of randomly like stuff that I remembered from the message board that I wish that I had links to that I couldn't really put, you know, I just kind of like set like the, 
I put obviously, so I put Jen at a hundred on the list. And that anecdote that I put in there was just something I remembered from the message board. I remember Jim coming on the message board and because t- there was a thread about Jen and he came and we were asking him like, why didn't it come out? And it's like, well, because they said that it sounded too much like this, you know, men without hats song or whatever the hell that band was yeah. called. It's, and that was, and they told us that like, yeah, they, the lawyers told us that we would get, you know, we'd get screwed if we released it, if we like officially released it in the U S or other places. And we just didn't think it was worth it. Um, that was a message board anecdote. Yeah. Like that was, and so obviously so you guys talked about that too. So that, that info must be out there somewhere else as well. And probably uh, disseminated from that posting that he put on yeah, the message board, you know? Exactly. And um, so, yeah, so yeah, no, it was, so the, yeah, like I said, the process of writing this was, was fun. It was a labor of love. It was, it was um, the most ambitious thing for fun that I've ever written. Um, you know, it ends up being like 21,000 words and um, you know, the, and over time, you know, the response has been, has always been really good um, people. And again, I said this to Justin last week. I did until you asked me to be on the podcast. I hadn't really listened to you guys. So then, when I find out that you literally are reading my stuff like every, almost every week, is <laughs> very flattering. Honestly, I told Justin I was like, if he ever wants to put an audiobook version of his articles out, we could easily just trim out that audio. I got my man, <laughs> David. Dave, narrated by Dave from from Jimmy Eat Pod, for sure. Like, uh, yeah. and and I guess we had tweeted you a couple times before too. Um, uh, just to be like, hey, where would this be in your list if it were? <laughs> I think yeah, it was mostly it, on surviving stuff. I think like, would this make your list? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had, you did ask me that, and then you had you also sent me the bias sorter. Oh, that's right. That's think, right. Oh yeah, I dared I, you to. <laughs> you asked me to do it, and I started to do it. It's I, I probably I probably spent like six hours on it or something like that total, but I didn't get to the end. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Still, tough, and I think I closed the the browser by accident. I was yeah, like, okay, that's well, the, that was that's it. the worst part about it. And uh, I think at one point we were like, oh, we'll figure out how to hit a save button or something, and then you know, it's just like one <laughs> of those projects we'll get to one yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. That's cool. Yeah, I'm 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 so stoked that you guys are doing this, and and this has been it's been cool for me over the last month or so, uh, just to listen through and and listen to like because the thing I said again I said this to Justin last week too is like this band deserves this it deserve they deserve this level of 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 um of of int- of you know insight this level of of I don't want to say scrutiny that's not the word that I mean to use just this level of like dedication to Adoration, diving into yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, this this level of 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 interest because these guys have been like I I tried to really get this across in the intro part of my piece about how influential they've been um how like scenes and of music and styles of music sprouted up around them being famous. They're kind of, they're a band's band in a lot of ways. Um, They've obviously been popular. They've been able to sustain a long career. People really care about the stuff that they do, that they put out. I think that there are a lot of bands from that era that have become, I write this in the piece. They've sort of like, they've become punchlines. They've become, they're like a joke um but jimmy world is not that at all um whereas like so many of those other bands like just completely flamed out or just like stopped being relevant almost immediately those guys have maintained this incredible ability to continue to stay relevant yeah and um 
and they're not, you know, they're not the big, they're not the biggest band in the world. They're not as, they're not as big as, you know, they, they're not selling out, you know, they can't sell out, you know, Gillette stadium or, or SoFi stadium or, or wherever, but they're going to play the show. They're going to play shows for people that want to see them, that care about them. And, you know, and you can go to a festival and, and they'll be second or they'll be, you know, on the third or fourth line, but they'll, you know, they're going to play for big crowds there too. And people are going to, are going to, are going to see them and they're going to love them. Yeah. And they're in this like very unique area uh, that a lot of bands just never get to. And I, I mentioned this last week too, this is now four decades of them putting out really kick-ass music. Yeah. Um, and there's not a lot of bands that can say that. Yeah. And so, so my list, I tried to do my part and you guys have, have been, you know, killing well, it. With, you. What, I think with like it's, of, it's cool when people with clout, like uh, between you and I don't know if you've heard, but it, it's a good listen. It's listen to the Christian James Hand episode and um, uh, his interview. He says the same thing and he's works in radio and he's like, what band has this lineup for this long and consistently puts out this mm-hmm. level of output? It's just not normal. <laughs> it's not. No. <laughs> Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, um, yeah. For those four guys to like, especially, you know, since, since 1995, basically, um, for them to just have stayed together for them to have not really ever taken any kind of a a long hiatus. They, yeah. They took a hiatus during their normal three year span. Like, (laughs) right. Yeah. Yeah. At between, yeah. From at between, uh, damage and, and integrity blues, they, decide you know they had a they had a break like they did were not they were not the band at that for at least probably i would guess at least a year if not Mm -hmm. a year and a half where they were just like they did their own things they went off and and that was the only time that they've ever really done that where they had any kind of an extended like we're just gonna do our own things for a while and and stay again not jimmy world will be a non-entity basically that's the only time that that's happened and um it's a real testament to just the way that those guys are and the way that they, the working relationship that they've been able to maintain. And there's obviously, you know, I'm sure that there's stuff we don't, we don't know about, you know, there's stuff that there's stuff that is, um, but it's like, if you guys, if you look at these guys and you, you, you know, and I, I mentioned this before that I, or I mentioned this, that I had a really great conversation with Tom in 2007. And then three years ago, I met Jim backstage at, a sh- at the show in Portland, Maine that I went to of my bachelor party. And you get, you get this sense of like, just the way that these guys are, that they're just like dudes. <laughs> they're just dudes. And they never seem to lose sight of the fact that they're just dudes. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> and they, they're, but they just happen to be dudes who are really great at making awesome music and have been doing it for a long time. But I think that they there there has to be mantras or just things that they do, they they don't lose sight of for it to have worked at this level for this long. And I know, and again, I know that you're a big you're a big Blink One Eighty Two guy. I mean, there's an example right there of it of it not being able to be. It was sustained for a lot of success and sure, a, yeah. a long time, but. It's, you know, it doesn't, but I'm not saying, I'm not like singling out Blink-182 because again, it's, it's really rare for it to work at, for that, like, think about like, there's just so many bands that you can give examples of like, like a band like Pavement, like who, like those guys, like, I don't think they can stand each other. They still, (laughs) they try to get back, they, they get back together every 10 years to do you know, stadium to do, to do their tours and stuff. I'm excited. I'll, I'll get, I'm going to get to see them this fall. Um, But like, it's the same thing where it's like, or, or, you know, 
famously like the police were like this like where these guys just like couldn't stand being in the same room with each other i could never imagine that even even at the worst of the worst yeah. i could never imagine that ever being the case <laughs> with jimmy world where yeah, those guys just, just like, so level-headed they make it feel and seem effortless Right. Like, so, so that's, that's part of why I'm such a big fan because I root for these guys. Like I want them. I, I think they're good guys. I enjoy, you know, seeing them together, seeing them interact and seeing the, the stuff that they care about, the stuff that they're passionate about outside of music. And, um, I just like, and obviously their music has meant a ton, uh, has meant a great deal to me for all these years. Like I'm, I feel like, I feel like I'm a big fan of this band and I, because I want to see them like succeed and I want, and I am like happy, happy in their success and happy to contribute to their success by going to see them live and, 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 you know, doing what I can to celebrate their catalog and, and, and get the word out about how honestly, how amazing they are. So I, I feel good about them being my favorite band it's it's there's and they're just like they're just they're just good guys and it's like you know it's a lot better than being like a you know being a a brand new fan you know (laughs) you know know what i mean like it's just and again no band is that no you never know and no band's ever immune from it but like you know like I just, I, you feel good when the person that you're, you, you like the the music that you like to listen to is yeah. you, you know that they're good people. So yeah. it's part. funny. I, I think about, cause we're, you know, we're coming toward the end of the podcast and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm like, what kind of sign offs are we going to do? And what are, what, what are we going to learn in the end of this whole thing? And I think a lot of it is like, you know, look, I've like, especially like even during the, this podcast, I've developed a semi familiar friendship with mark Hoppus of blink 182 mm-hmm. but i think he would accept that i might at the end of this podcast come to terms with that jimmy Eat world is my favorite band i think he would wow. accept that <laughs> that as the uh the band that ousts blink 182 is my all-time favorite band <laughs> well and, and from my from my standpoint marcus seems like one of those guys who's who is a really great guy who's yeah you you root for him and obviously you know stuff that he's been going through yeah you know shout out shout out to mark Hoppus. That's like right. wishing him all the best um you know, but like it, similar thing. And I think, and again, and obviously who, who I don't, maybe Mark, Mark Hoppus might be the one person that loves Jimmy at world more than the rest of us. Right. right. So, <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, and I, I mean, I they really were like touring dude. Yeah. I don't know if this came out in your article or not, but we, I've talked about it on the pod a couple of times. They were touring the studio in Encinitas with a different producer for dude ranch and, jimmy world or no mark trombino was in there with somebody else and they're like yeah. oh this is the guy that did static reveals yeah we want this guy <laughs> and it's amazing yeah that's that's it's crazy like how how that came together and yeah. how much those guys those guys were in on jimmy world from the very start yeah. um and that's such a cool thing and it's such a cool and i that's a it helped contribute to ultimately Jimmy World's success. The fact that they had that connection, that they went on, they went on that really, you know, incredible, incredible tour with them, um, you know, and and yeah, no, it was the 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 ties there are are interesting. You know what? What I was one thing I wanted to mention was like my own relationship with this kind of music is really is I think people might would maybe potentially be surprised or find it interesting. Like when I was growing up. Um, you know, I said this last week, I, I had like kind of a classic rock phase and then Jimmy Eat World was like the first contemporary band that I like really, truly loved. 
But like I didn't have like there were not a lot of other bands in the sort of the the the, the that like emo adjacent or punk or whatever that I was really a big fan of, especially in high school. Like I liked Blink-182, but I didn't love I didn't love them. You know, I I think I, I definitely gravitated more towards the the Mark Hoppus stuff than the Tom stuff, um, which I don't think makes me super unique. But it's like my favorite Blink-182 song growing up like was like was like adam's song like i just thought that was like a really interesting thing the other stuff didn't do as much for me um the only other one of the only other bands that i from that group that i really liked in high school was like was like taking back sunday like i just like didn't really i didn't care about like i thought a lot of and that's why in my mind i've kind of always separated jimmy world out from a lot of that stuff because like they were not this in my mind they were not the same like they were not the same as like i liked i liked the first all-american rejects record you know that was like i was like a junior in high school when that came out like but like they were not in that same category yeah like i said this before i said this to justin like they were like springsteen to me like they were just like they were they were this different they were not like they weren't especially because i got into them at the time of bleed american like they were not emo like in my mind like they were they those guys they rocked like they played rock music and i just didn't like i wasn't into you know wasn't really into blink money too i wasn't really into weezer i wasn't really into whatever else and it's you get you know it gets things get a little bit hazy around because like when i'm in high school it's like the my chemical romance stuff started to happen i know that jim's friends with gerard like you know but like that was not like or dashboard confessional like i didn't care about that stuff at all Uh, (laughs) for some reason when i was a senior like like uh where you want to be by taking back sunday really grabbed me yeah i I love that record um but like i just didn't the the rest of that stuff just didn't really appeal to me at all and it wasn't until honestly it wasn't until the last like three or four years that I've started to really listen to it because like the emo stuff has gone in waves. Right. And so like right now, technically if, if the Godfather of, of, or, or the people, the uh, Ian Cohen, the arbiter of all things emo would say that we're in the fifth wave right now. And I love a lot <laughs> of the fifth wave emo stuff. And these guys, a lot of these bands pay a big debt to Jimmy world. Like, um, you know, oh, so, oh, so anxious, uh, Barely Civil, Tree River, like there's some really good bands out there that these kids, these are literally, I mean, literally they're kids, they're high, they're like high school kids and a little bit older, like Home Is Where, and like, like they owe a debt to Jimmy World, like that I hear it in these songs, yeah. And that's stuff that I've really gotten into over the last three or four years because I think in the back of my mind I told myself like, no, you don't like this, like you're not, no, you're not supposed to like this stuff, no, don't, 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 don't listen to that, don't listen to, don't listen yeah. to the emo stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last couple of years, I've I've kind of let it go, and I do I really like. There's a lot of really good stuff, and a lot of a lot of guys that I think take their have taken their cues from Jimmy World in a lot of ways. Um, and uh, the the kids are all right, I guess is what I would say about about some of the stuff that's coming up. But um, yeah, sorry, that was a little bit of a tangent. No, 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 those are great tangents. Um, uh, going back real quick, uh, because the Jimmy World forums are no longer uh, around, are you on any music forums where you're sort of regularly posting or lurking or no, uh, just Twitter? What the I mean, that's saying? that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that the the time that I can spend on that kind of stuff has kind of dwindled as the years have gone on. But like, I've just, noticed that too. I got just, a new job last year, and like, <laughs> I have no time for all the stuff I used to lurk and and participate in. <laughs> yeah, I don't. You know, yeah, like like. No, as far as like message boards or anything like that, I don't feel like that's, I feel like, like maybe like discord and other stuff is kind of like replace yeah. some of that. And yeah. like Twitter is kind of 
excuse me, Twitter's kind of replaced a lot of that to a certain degree too, but that's kind of how I stay up on stuff. But as far as, or, or, you know, Reddit, I'll lurk on Reddit sometimes, or the, 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 you know, the Jimmy at world subreddit, yeah. that kind of stuff. And sometimes they talk about me on that too. So <laughs> um, there's, there are some reasons to check that. <coughs> Excuse me. There's some reasons to check that out as well, but yeah, like that I'll occasionally look at, but that's, that's about it. Yeah. Um, no, well, other, we should get you over on the Jimmy world discord. Cause uh, there's a couple people over there that really dig your stuff. And, uh, oh. and, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, obviously I think, I think um, we put you on their radars a lot, but um, yeah. like one guy, uh, this guy, Jed, uh, who's Linux twelve twelve on the Reddit. Um, he started Jimmy eat wiki. And he's literally trying to make a wiki and and building a, a web of all of the interconnected workings of all the stuff, which is just a really cool companion piece, really, to the pod. Um, Absolutely. In yeah. Terms of no, that's awesome. Going yeah. And again, this 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 is a band that, like I said, it deserves this level of of interest. And, and, and so stuff is left behind so people can can know as much about them as as is reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I would say. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I love, I just, I, I love seeing that. I love hearing that. I love hearing that people are, have those projects and, and stuff that they're trying to put together yeah. for this band. Ooh, if you, if you just, dig reading people's rankings of stuff, chorus.fm is a good, uh, yeah. <laughs> the forums yeah. there have yeah. everybody's ranking stuff all the time there. <laughs> yeah. And I love, you know, I love doing lists. Um, I want to do more of them. You know, I, I taught, I was talking to my wife about this, that, you know, I, I don't write the long form stuff as much as I should. Um, I want to try to make more time for it. And I guess that's my, my public pronouncement today is that I'm going to try to <laughs> do more stuff and write more stuff. And, you know, cause I feel like I get lazy with Twitter where it's just easy to, to toss off a thought and say something um, as opposed to like really kind of coming up with a long form thing. Cause I, I love to write and, and um, you know, and it's been what I've, it's what I've always wanted to do. And, you know, I have made a career out of it. Um and I'm, I'm thankful for anybody that's ever read anything I've ever written um, and or, you know, whether you've enjoyed it or, or not, I, I, you know, whoever has read it, I, I appreciate it. Um, and I think that, you know, I can, you know, I, right now it's like the only the last couple of years since I did this, um, you know, since I did this list. I've only really written the, um, you know, the long form, um, you know, the my my year end albums list. Um, you know, that's like the only like long piece. And that's usually, I usually start writing that in like mid November and then it's done by mid December. So, um, but that's like, that's kind of it. And so I want to try to get back into it a little bit more. And I think that this is, you know, talking about this and talking to you guys is kind of got some of my, my creative juices flowing again. And I have some ideas for some oh, stuff good, that yeah. I want to do. And, you know, um, but, and uh, so, yeah, the last bit of trivia I had uh, a question for you is, uh, can you think of between the two articles, like maybe the coolest or one of the coolest pieces of information you discovered while researching the articles uh, for the mm. top 100 Jimmy world songs? Oh, you're, Put me on the spot there. Yeah, um, I figured a little bit, but I didn't know if there was anything that stood out that was like, oh yeah, I didn't know that. You know, this. although this article just, is like almost three years old, so. <laughs> no, no. So like one of the things is that I, I definitely tr- tried to do, and I'm maybe it's just coming up now because it's just kind of I did a little bit of scrolling on one of the parts, uh, on the on uh, the first part. You know, I did a, a, some some dives into what some of the like some of the early influences of the band were. Um, and it's like, 
I think that one of the things that was really instructive for me was listening was actually really because I'd heard a lot of these band names before, um, you know, but I hadn't really like listened to them. And then finally, I I do, you know, go through it and I I listen to like bands like you know the like the John Reese's bands, you know, like Rocket from the Crypt, or really listening to like Fugazi. Or, you know, some of, or drive, or, you know, again, you know, drive like Jehu, that was, you know, John Reese and also obviously Trombino, like getting to listen to those bands and getting to like really kind of hear where they came from was really instructive for me um, and sort of helping me understand what made these guys tick and what made them want to make the music that they ended up making um, and what, how they took, how a lot of their early stuff was putting their own spin on that. Um so I thought that that was kind of um, that was illuminating for me. Definitely was was learn was like going back and 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 learning like that some of the early the stuff from you know the stuff like basically through clarity like how how so much of that stuff was really informed by uh, by that. I I definitely also now that I'm you know you know now that I'm thinking about it like there's a few things that come up like. I think that, you know, it was interesting reading about Jim's, um, some of his struggles, um, some of his, you know, struggles with, with, um, with substances and the fact that, you know, around the time the damage came out around maybe before creating that he made the decision to stop drinking and that there's just, that, that was a very interesting, you know, cause I think he may have mentioned that on a podcast with Andy Greenwald or something like that. And then you go back and you listen to some of the, the, the songs in the damage. And I, I mentioned this with Justin last week, but I kind of feel like as time has gone on, I've realized that damage is probably their weakest record. Um, I don't want to say it's their worst because I don't think there's any such thing as a worst Jimmy world record or Jimmy world album. There's just, what's the, what's the one that is the weakest. What's the one that I've seemed to find myself probably listening to the least. It's probably damage. Um, I think in, in the piece, I was maybe a little bit harsher on, on chase this light. But I think as time's gone on, I would say damage is more. But anyway, I think that you listen to some of the lyrics of, of some of those songs and like a song like Lean, for example, very much like there's a very different lens when you look at the lyrics of a song like Lean and you think about it in terms of Jim and his sobriety. Um, very, I thought that was, you know, that was just little things that kind of reveal themselves to, to you as you or you, you find out a piece of a piece of uh, of info. And that sort of tweaks a little bit of how you think about the song. Um, but some of the really interesting things that we found out about were stuff that after was the stuff that was in the in sellout in the book that came out after I um, obviously after this this piece first you know first published it, and especially the stuff about how you know the the anecdote. There's obviously there's the the Lauren Israel anecdote, but then the anecdote even further back about the the incident that led that led to the money that led to the creation of wooden blue records is just like completely yeah, wild. I wild. Would just, yeah, yeah yeah that was i would just encourage people to pick up the book and read the part because it's just i it's... ended up buying it because i kept bu- borrowing it from the library but there was always a wait list and so i was <laughs> like fuck it i'm just gonna buy the goddamn audiobook <laughs> i knew that i knew that there was a jimmy world chapter so i knew that was why i needed to i needed to buy it yeah. i actually still haven't people listening to this podcast will laugh when they hear me talk or that know me that will listen to this will laugh when they hear me talk about how, how long it takes me to read any book. Um, it's, I am a very slow reader when it comes to, especially something that I like. 
Um, I have not finished reading um, uh, reading Sellout yet, but I have obviously. I think the Jimmy Eat World chapter was either the second or the third. Uh, third it was chapter. The third chapter, yeah, I think. Right, because the first chapter was Green Day. I think the second chapter was Jawbreaker, and the third chapter was was Jimmy Eat World. And so I think the last chapter I read was about Thursday. So mm-hmm. I, I still have a ways to go to get through the book, but um, but I the main reason why I bought it was because I knew that there was Same. a Static yeah. Mills chapter. I heard um, after the fact that there was a Blink chapter, but <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, well, oh that's right, yeah, yeah. There's a Blink, yeah, yeah. there's the Blink. I read that too. That was a good. That was an interesting thing. But I thought it was also interesting because obviously the a lot of the point of the book is about the back, you know, the backlash that that people faced in in the community in the punk community and it was obviously really apparent with green day and it was super apparent with jawbreaker obviously it's like maybe the biggest aspect of the story about jawbreaker is the is the backlash that they got after the after the, their last album came out but the jimmy world chapter was interesting in that regard because there wasn't a ton of backlash that they got because yeah, they specifically a, because, talk about how there was a, there wasn't a a community to exist to be angry <laughs> it was mostly just that people in arizona that were their friends and their family and stuff like didn't want them to get screwed over yep like it They're was protective it was people that they were yeah right because they were because they were part of this like they were part of this mesa community like jim's dad was a veterinarian right and like you know zach's dad was a was in big in baseball and like you know he was a coach for the pirates and like was like well known like and, you know, I think that there was just this sense of like, and I think, what was it like, I'm going to butcher this. Like what did, was one of their moms, a school teacher, Zach's Zach's. Okay. Yeah. So, so like, yeah, it was, they were part of this community and like, they all knew each other and they all had a lot of the same friends and that kind of thing. And the biggest issue was that they knew that these guys had signed to capital and they didn't want to see them get screwed over. Um, and, but like, there was just that one anecdote about how, like, there was one song that was on like a Coca-Cola, like, like the promotion comp, yeah. thing. A surge, <laughs> a surge compilation. I can't think of anything more '90s than a surge compilation. The kids, the kids don't know what surge is. Surge was, ugh, was disgusting. Yeah. Um, but it was, but yeah, and they, they got some crap from some fans for being on this like this this surge compilation. Like that was it. Like that was the only crap that they got. Nowhere near as bad as what like Jawbreaker and and other bands went through. Um, but that is an interesting thing to think about just the change in the eras about how it's like almost like encouraged to sell out now whereas like back then it was like it was the worst thing to be a sellout in the (laughs) 90s you know um but yeah no it's that so there was a lot of really uh, i would yeah i would again i would recommend people check that out that book out just for all of the different uh you know anecdotes from some of those bands um and uh i was also happy that it seemed like all of the guys in the band you know, it sat for interviews with with uh, with Dan for that book. Yeah. I think that there, there's quotes from all four of the, the guys. I mean, even there. the bandbox dude, they sat yeah. and did the whole like the. I don't know if you got the bandbox, but the zine that comes with it is so well done. And uh, oh no, I didn't so, get that. Oh, gotta, there's so much great information out. in there. I'll, I'll uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely yeah, like, not send you scans of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't ever do that. That would be terrible. That would be a horrible thing. Yeah, no, like um, because that's not the case with all of the all of the bands and all of the ones that are mentioned in that, unfortunately, like, I think that, uh, I think for the blink chapter, I think Mark was the only one. That yeah. Was Mark, that Mark had a couple interview. blurbs in a couple different chapters. Uh, the green day one, I yeah. think he's got the last blurb on that chapter. And... Yeah. I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody from green day was in, I don't think no, they got anybody not. from green day to interview for that. So I saw, you know, the second, 
Jimmy at World Show I ever saw was them opening for Green Day at Gillette Stadium. That's right. And that was um, that was awesome. Um, actually, and against me was the first band on the bill. Uh, I, I saw that, was, that. I saw that show here at the Honda, uh, the Home Depot Center, which is I think it's got StubHub Center now. But yeah, uh, big yeah. soccer field. I was yeah. That was um, that was the my first week of college in two thousand five. Nice was that one so yeah that was the that was the second ever jimmy world show i ever went to that was the first show i ever forgot my ticket stub i don't remember how i ended up getting in (laughs) but i definitely did not have it with me (laughs) yeah no that was that was that was good like and it was that was again that was a cool opportunity for those guys to to have to do that but they had they had toured with had they toured with green day before that uh the pop disaster tour was with blink and green day and jimmy world played the first half of that yeah i mean that's just (laughs) what an absurd bill i mean just crazy um yeah no and and that and, was the uh, first time i saw jimmy Eat world um yeah. having known them from the first time i heard their band name was when uh tom mentioned that uh blink had put out a documentary dvd and vhs uh called the urethra chronicles and on that it's like a profile of the band members and tom mentions jimmy Eat world so i was like all right cool i want to know about jimmy Eat world and the first cd i ever got of theirs was actually singles because yeah. Yeah. uh i was i was doing a show I, I was stage managing a play and one of oh. the people it was the elephant man and the guy who played john merrick was a high school teacher so he was like oh i mean this is what the kids are listening to like i i've, I've heard this band jimmy world here here's this single cd and i was like oh my god jimmy world this, this is the greatest and so the first song i'd really heard by them was opener <laughs> and so i was like wow hooked i was like oh my god and then yeah. when uh bleed american came out i bought it i don't think i'd heard the middle yet maybe i had um but then again put that cd in listen to it from front to back reading the liner notes and the first song i hear is bleed american it's like who the fuck opens a record like this like oh it's man so good <laughs> oh, so good it's so good so that was like my yeah. introduction was nice was like the single cd which i loved had digits on it and yeah, uh right. and bleed american yeah yeah no man yeah that was it was an interesting era how you find out about bands i mentioned obviously you know i said this last week was you know i found out about them because of mtv and it's just like back when they back when mtv actually used to be music television like, yep um and yeah it was just interesting and it's like now it's like i found how do i find out about bands i find out about from twitter or i find out about them from you know, I, I listen to Steve Hyden and Ian Cohen's podcast every week and that's oh, there you go. cool. Yeah. And I listen and, you know, and, and I keep up, you know, and, and stereo gun pitchfork, like they, like they're good bands that you can find out from them too. If you can kind of cut through the, yeah. uh, some of the, BS. I actually ate my hat earlier on this episode that I'm actually about to tell Justin is I've always talked about how much I hate Coheed and Cambria. I can't stand that guy's voice. I never <laughs> liked that band. Yeah. Dude, their new record is so good. Really? I, I yeah. could not believe how good it was. I'm I was I'm kind of in that same boat, you know, like before that. Like that's not really the kind of thing that no I would way. gravitate to. I was to, like I, I, I couldn't believe out. people were listening to that. I was like, yeah. what a terrible song. Or, I mean, <laughs> you know, it was like whatever. I just couldn't get back yeah. Claudia's voice. Uh, couldn't get past Claudia's voice. This new record, it's like listening to a movie soundtrack. It's so wow. well done. It's really wow. really good. Going, it's like completely left turn. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think like I tend to I definitely vocals tend to be important to me. Like, and I think I've mentioned there's like maybe some parts of this that might come across in my piece about that. I, I've sometimes don't mind if lyrics are bad. 
Um, like it doesn't like the lyrics don't matter as much to me as a, certainly the music matters the most to me with, I'm just talking about my musical philosophy in general, like the music matters most to me and the sort of the sound of the vocals matters to me. I think you and I probably listen to music very similarly. It's in tone and, and, mm -hmm. and intent and yeah. Like how does it make me feel from start to end? Yeah. Yeah, so like that's why I've all like I've always loved Jimmy World because I've always loved Jim's voice. He is just really has one of my favorite voices ever in in rock music, and I love Tom's voice for what it is too. We had talked about this a little bit last week. I love Tom's songs. Like he's Tom is not a very dynamic singer, but he he does his best. He tries, and he's and his songs rule. Um, but like the like heavy screaming stuff, like I have a hard time with like a lot of times, and and and. Um, especially some of the sort of the screamo, like whatever you want to call that. Like that's, that's the tough stuff I have always had a hard time with. Like if Jim, if like, if, um, you know, and there's like, obviously a lot of early Jimmy world songs where there's a lot of screaming and, and stuff like that. And they didn't stick with that. And yeah. I'm kind of glad about that, yeah. but um, that tends to be it. But if a, if a band is like, if I find the vocals hard to listen to or grading, that is like probably my biggest turnoff when it comes yeah. to music. And it's my biggest turnoff in the music that is sort of adjacent to what Jimmy World has done. Um, so yeah. that's my own. Well, I, I, uh, you might be interested. I mean, maybe you yeah. listen to it, but um, uh, the two and a half records that Blink's done with Matt Skiba is like a different thing. Like there's no Tom. Yeah like weird like post angels and airways weird singing like you did on neighborhoods mm -hmm. and none yeah. of the like uh you know i miss you second verse <laughs> level uh <laughs> meme uh vocals it's like matt skiba <laughs> on a blink song there's some pretty cool and yeah. interesting i'll stuff check it on out there. yeah I, I like you, you said know. like yeah there's blinks in that weird stratosphere where like you j they're always going to be the top bill and i don't know how that happens i mean they're my favorite band so like it's like of course yeah. i him looking for them in that in that top line but like yeah. yeah like really like they haven't had like a huge lexicon hit in a minute and I know. um yeah but I yeah do think no they're nine is really interesting california is like if matt skiba was on enema of the state but their their <laughs> nine record which yeah. is their latest one um that has some really cool interesting stuff on it for sure yeah i'll have to give it i'll have to give it a shot i have i have people in my life that that's that's where by 182 absolutely and, and <laughs> um you know so i have to I have to I have to show respect, um, yeah. and I do, and I and but but like I I'll have to check out some of that some of that newer stuff. So for sure. Yeah. Well, I know it's late on where you are, and uh, Justin yeah. and I are about to start recording two episodes for yeah. this evening. Is there anything? Where can people find you online and uh, and consume your content? Yeah, so um, I'll give it the same plug I gave last week, which is you know um, you know jaketeodonnell.wordpress.com is my blog. You can Jake O'Donnell is my you know, Twitter feed and, and my Instagram handle. Um, most of my Instagram stuff is me opening old packs of baseball cards and talking about who's inside. Um, and I always try to, you know, give a shout out to a good cause. Um, you know, and, and, and I mentioned this before, like one of the best things about the band is about Jimmy world is that I feel like, you know, my politics align pretty well with them. Obviously Zach is extremely is, is very vocal and uses his platform a lot. Yeah. And I would just say, like, go and check out, you know, what those guys are talking about or pushing out. They did, you know, they put out, uh, I thought, a very, a very strong and well-worded statement after the Supreme Court ruling on on abortion. And I would just follow those guys lead. 
those guys have, they have great hearts. They're, um, they're, they're thoughtful. And like I said, I love, I, I root for them because I support them and, and I, you know, I, 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 yeah, that I just, I, I'm on the same wavelength with those guys on a lot of those things. So I would say, um, you know, follow what they do and, and hope, and, you know, good things maybe will happen, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I, and I, I, want to say the same thing I said to, to Justin last week, which is that I just, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. I think it's awesome. You guys are, you know, you give this band the level of, of, of care and introspection that they deserve. I've I tried to do that with my own piece. Um, I will try to continue to do that in the future. And um, it's, you guys have created this like really cool piece of, you know, piece of pop culture content that I think will, will last. And Thanks, um, so I appreciate what you guys have done. And I appreciate that you have allowed me to be uh, a minor running character through all of it. So, yeah, man. <laughs> oh, we're so excited. <laughs> I should send you a screenshot of when I told Justin you were in. He was so excited. So yeah. thank you so much. Thank you for Absolutely. doing it two weeks in a row. This is super fun. You got it. And uh, I think everybody will be, uh, will have super enjoyed both of these interviews. So uh, right. thanks. Thanks, man. Dave. Appreciate it.